Hey everybody, this is Ruben with 5-Minute Warning. When I decided that I wanted to make a podcast of my own, I found Anchor. Let me tell you, Anchor is free. Free. F-R-E-E. That's what I'm talking about. There are tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right on your phone or your computer. You know what? Anchor sends my podcast out to me to Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, so I ain't got to do it. Also, you can make money. I repeat, you can make money from your podcast. It's everything you need to make in a podcast all in one spot. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, look, that's what I did. Five-minute warning, almost at 100 episodes in. Get Anchor. This week on the five-minute warning. We got to talk about that. Like you, That's a bold move, even like mentioning his name, because it's just so taboo to even admit that you ever liked R. Kelly nowadays. And I thought Allison Chains was over with. But they weren't. And they got a dude that they got it was really crazy for me because they got a dude that sounds like their former lead singer, which is the hardest person to replace. And but he black with an afro and killed it. And I was like, what in the world's going on? Harder to breathe, super dope. I mean when it's all said and done, man, all of their releases, for the most part, have been money. And then their albums, and then their albums got a whole bunch of stuff that they'll never release, and it's still money. So yeah, Maroon 5, man. Yo. And now the five-minute warning. Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Warning. Yeah, I just blew a trumpet. That was in my hand. It was fake. So, I mean, sometimes what? you that, need that, to. That, that wasn't the real trumpet? Shut up, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it took him 10 seconds. I love it. The only music music inclination I have is pushing play on, pushing a play button on my cell phone. So, yeah, playing instruments are not in my wheelhouse. But you didn't come here to listen to me play instruments. You came here because you like five minute warning. And once again, I am the person that they say is in charge, but really isn't. I'm Ruben. Of course, we got AG on the ones and twos. What's happening, y'all? How you doing? And we got Moby chilling in the cut. Man, yeah, man, just chilling, man. Ready, excited about this show. So before we get into it, we're going to change the show up a little bit this week. But before we get into that, I got to talk about like so far the last i don't know nine days have been pretty awesome for me because i'm working out again Woo! i didn't know you ever really stopped man i stopped what? for real oh okay i didn't i wasn't sure okay. I, you don't talk about it when you stop you only talk about it when you're doing it <laughs> that's true <laughs> that's so just so true oh my god it's you so send true. pictures out you tweet you instagram whatever like yeah i'm in the gym I don't care what's going on where I'm in the gym. Hashtag no days off. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right now, nine days straight, baby. And the only reason is because I I feel like I don't have choices because I look out my window and it's right there. So it's like, oh, that's right. Because your new place, that's right. Because we said that you moved a couple weeks ago. Your new place has a gym on site. Yeah. And I literally can walk. Takes me a minute to walk to it. So it's like. That one day I feel like I don't feel like going to the gym. I can't look at my window because then I'm gonna guilt my own self for going to the gym. Which 
probably not a bad thing. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Um, so I've done a simple workout so far. First of all, I hate treadmills, but now I do it. When I go in, I start lifting heavier dumbbells. There are days when I work out with um, dumbbells and um, the chain. Uh, that's not right. The, the chain or the ropes? No, no, no. Uh, I am OB. The machine that you can do a whole bunch of different things on with the pulleys and stuff. Oh, you use the cable? Cables, yes. Uh, the cable machine. So I, I have some move, moves. I have some exercises on the cable machine. And then I do a half hour on the treadmill. And then the next day, I just do an hour on the treadmill. You know, get the cardio in. Then the next day, I go with the heavy dumbbells, and then I do, they have weight machines in there too, so I do some of those, and then another 30 minutes on the treadmill. So really, I'm in there about an hour a day, but the thing I hate it most about working out when it's all said and done is cardio, because it's boring, and it's boring. Well, my question is, why don't you make your your other workout your cardio by doing high intensity interval training because i'm not ready for that yet well that was two birds one stone i'm just saying yeah i'm gonna get there but i ain't ready for that yet um and that's and i would say that's probably the difference this time is last time i wanted the quick fix i wanted to be in four weeks that i'm cut i'm ripped i lost like 50 pounds yeah Ladies and gentlemen, that doesn't exist because if that does happen to you, you need to go to the hospital because that is unnatural. <laughs> you need to go to the hospital. Because <laughs> they need to pump you full of fluids because that means you ain't got no water, none of that. It's just, you lose 50 pounds in 30 days. First of all, what'd you do and what corner did you get your crack from? So, but don't tell me that because I don't, I don't need that in my life. So, yeah, I'm just taking the, the kind of the slow way with it. And basically, I'm trying to build up endurance because what I want to do every two weeks, um, I want to up my game somewhere. So whether it's, you know, doing heavier weights on the cables and on the machines and eventually because right now I'm doing 25 pound dumbbells on each arm. Now, I'm a big guy, but like in my house, I'm rocking 10 pound dumbbells. I know I'm stronger than that. So I figured I need to up my game. And plus, I've been reading. You're supposed to go heavy with basic reps. Or I can go light with a whole bunch of reps. And to me, that sounds crazy. So I tried that. It just, I didn't feel good with that. So I go, I'm trying to go heavier. And then, even though I hate the treadmill with a passion, because you got bad knees, the one thing I would say about the treadmills we have there. I mean, they they got the game plan. It's like one of those life fitness ones. They got solitaire on that, yo. (laughs) Look, man, you are laughing. Solitaire just became your highlight. Yo, solitaire, yo, man, it keeps my mind working. That's the one thing about walking I hate. I got to think about stuff. And it's like, at my old place, I was walking around, but I was playing video games on my phone, but I wasn't necessarily paying attention. So it's like, you know, not that I was going to get hit by a car or anything. I just like to know my surroundings, you know, and we're on the treadmill, you know, I start playing the game, but once again, on a treadmill, you're worried about a couple of things. You may have to hold on to something because you want to see your heart rate or, you know, you may just not be 
your hand-eye body coordination may not just be good. And that's just me. And to me, you know, a trip walking on a treadmill is kind of difficult. I'm just gonna put it out there. It's kind of difficult. So basically what I do is I realize I have solitaire. I've made up a couple of things in my mind and I start low. Then I after five minutes I get to 2.5. And right now that's where I'm at. Oh hopefully I hope to get up to three in a couple weeks. But once you get to three, then you're kind of you're you're gonna start your running pace type of deal. So basically I hold on to the um the heart sensor of one arm and then I play solitaire. It just keeps my mind moving. And then next thing you know, I'm looking at it, oh, 15 minutes have passed. I mean, I played like four solitaire, four or five solitaire games, you know? So basically I've had, I got this thing where when I'm doing a 30 minute on the treadmill, I can't, if I, if I win a game before my 30 minutes are up, then I'm done. But if I don't, I can't get off it until I win a game. So that in itself is, is good. And then when I do my hour, I try to basically see how many games I can win in an hour. I just broke my record today of three, so on an hour pace. So, I mean, that tells you how many games I don't win in solitaire. So, you know, it just keeps my mind moving and thinking about other stuff than me. Hey, I just walked two and a half miles, which you know, I look at, I was like, okay, that's kind of dope. I just walked two and a half miles in an hour. And for fat people, I mean, some of you listening may not be fat, but for fat people, yo, that's an accomplishment. I was almost sweating today. Almost. Almost? Almost. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm telling you, I don't sweat. And that's a problem. You're supposed to be able to sweat. So, you know, I'm getting there. And then I guess my other, my basic story is yesterday I was doing 30 minutes on a trip. I just worked out and did the machines. And then like, man, it was 20 minutes. I had... Oh, I won a game. I had won a game. So I was like, I know I'm done 30. And I'm looking at it. It's like, man, this 10 minutes is like the worst. And then I'm listening to music, of course. NWA, 100 Miles and Running comes on. I became so energized. Even though that song is four minutes long, it just energized me for the last 10 minutes of it. It was awesome. You know? Now, if... If you're not familiar with 100 Miles and Running, you know, 100 Miles and Running, MC Running on a Gun and a whole bunch of other stuff that I can't say on the show. So it was just a big energy push, which then gave me the idea of our top five today. So normally we do top fives closer to the end of the show. Today, this is a special top five. Like when we came, when we came with this top five, I was like, Oh man, this is about to this is about to be mean. So I want to devote a little bit more time to the top five today. And that's why we're starting out with that. Then we'll have the speed <clears throat> round and we'll talk about some other stuff that happened in the news. Mo B's got his um his section. He's gonna give he's gonna grace us with some words of wisdom. And you know, we'll talk about what's on your mind and call it a day. But what we're gonna do, we're gonna start with the top five. So this week, the top five is the top five, your top five musical discographies that you love. Now, let me explain what this is. Basically, is a totality 
of an artist, an artist or an artist group of all their um, albums and stuff they come out with. And basically, we have our own. We're not gonna rank them, but we have our top five of best that we feel that um, best got discographies. So yes, you're probably gonna hear about 15 different groups or people today. But you know what? I'm very excited about it because we're not, we're not ranking. <laughs> I mean, if you want to rank, I, I can't rank. It's because I could rank, but some of them are so close that it's like. Ugh, it depends what day I ha- I'm having. So, but we'll all start out with our first honorable mention. So, I'll go first with my honorable mention, and then we'll go around. So, my honorable mention, and the reason why this person is my honorable mention is because I feel like the totality of his work is good. Now, he kind of lost me with his personal crap. But then when it's all said and done, he shifted from one genre to another genre that necessarily is not going to affect me until later, I guess. And I'll just say it like that. And that's R. Kelly. So R. Kelly, man, she's yeah, R. Kelly in the public announcement. First of all, that first album was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's, other than she got that vibe, she got that vibe. Yeah, that song bang. Summer Bunnies, not so much. But he's got a whole, you know, the joint he's did with Aaliyah, um, the whole 12 play album, the 12 play album itself is a classic. I mean, and then he shifted from young people stuff to old people like my parents stuff with Step to the Name of Love and all his other stuff. We're not going to talk about that Jeep song, but you know, he just, he was like, yeah, I can't talk about young kids and stuff no more, so I'm going to move to old people. And that's fine, <laughs> you know, but I feel like for me, when he came out, he was talking to younger versions of me. Then he went straight from that to older versions of me. And I just, you know, I think his work is exceptional. But, you know, for me, he, the one of the biggest reasons he's uh, honorable mention is because I can't get down with his extracurriculars, man. I just can't. But his discography was okay. It was good. I found it to be pretty decent. He, he made a lot of money. Now he's using all that money to um, keep himself out of jail. But that's a story for another time. Um, so I mean, I, we got to talk about that. Like you, that's a bold move. Even like mentioning his name because it's just so taboo to even admit that you ever liked R. Kelly nowadays. <laughs> so I mean <laughs> I mean so so I'ma give you I'ma give you a little bit of credit just for like, you know, leading off with, with that. Well I mean that's why he's an honorable mention. But I'm gonna be real with you, Moby. Like 12 play came out when you were tiny. And 12 I believe Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, I wasn't tiny, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, you want to, you want, you you were you were a child. I mean, look, I was old enough to be, you know, if I was a female, I could have been somebody he was talking about. Wow! <laughs> Didn't take him long to get there, buddy. Didn't take him long <laughs> to get <laughs> there, y'all. <laughs> Should have moved out but of that's way. the way. <laughs> but that's the whole thing. Twelve Play was such a great album 
that you didn't realize he was talking about underage girls for the most part. Come on, man. Some I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just gonna say that some some of the songs were questionable, but you you really didn't know. Until he, he just started calling himself the Pied Piper until after that album. And that's when you start realizing, hold on, player. You know, you ain't, rats ain't following you, so what are you talking about? So, I mean, I, that's what I'll say. And yeah, well, thank you for giving me credit for being brave. But, I mean, you know, he was okay before he really started letting everybody know that he liked little girls. So, I'll just put that out there. So, that's my honorable mention. So, we'll start there. AG, what's your honorable mention? My honorable mention is Allison Chains. Because, uh, pa- yeah, well, because car- part of my criteria for this one, I've had to think about it. I was like, when I think of longevity, I think of longevity first within the band itself. It's like, especially if it's a band. If it's one person, it doesn't matter. But if it was a band, are most of the members still there? Do they sound the same as far as those members progressing and maturing? So Allison Chains had they have they're a particular um, particularly unique story to me because they were in a situation where everybody was familiar with four dudes. Really two dudes, really. And one of those people died. Mm-hmm. And I thought Allison Chains was over with. But they weren't. And they got a dude that they got it was really crazy for me because they got a dude that sounds like their former lead singer which is the hardest person to replace and but he black with an afro and killed it <laughs> and i was like what in the world is going on so as crazy as that situation was from the beginning to now you can still tell that it's an allison chains record so from that standpoint, the level of songwriting, all of it, they are definitely my first honorable mention. You know, what was the name of the of the track with Allison Chains? Because the one that because I have listened to Allison Chains, and there are a couple, there's a couple of songs on my um my Spotify with them. And what's the one where he was like, and I'm gonna try to sing it horribly. This is before the black dude came in there. It was like Oh god, this is so embarrassing. Hey, my eyes. And then he said Jesus Christ, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I, yeah, um, that's uh Man in a Box. Yeah, that was like, and that's what caught my attention. I was like, hold on, dog. What? You just are you sitting here word? <laughs> that's all I can say. Because, you know, it was and it, it was catchy, and before you even knew it. It was like, that's when I realized, okay, they're a little bit deeper than most bands are. So, I mean, like I said, I got a couple of tracks on my Spotify, so I, I'm with you. I just, I'm going to be honest, though, after the 90s, I was kind of, I didn't follow them anymore. So Well, they were part of, they were part of the whole grunge thing, but they weren't really grunge. Uh, yeah. Because I, I, you know, because a lot of the bands that came out then are still good, but if you were following them as a as a trend you probably did lose interest but yeah allison chains and I, and actually this reminds me of somebody else that should have gotten mentioned too which uh, them pearl jam and uh soundgarden because as oh, far yeah. as i'm concerned those those three there's a there's a couple of them other 
bands out there that are fit in this category too. They were they were game changers musically, as far as I'm concerned. They're still around. So, but yeah, Allison changes my um, gotcha. my uh, honorable mention. Awesome, Moby. Well, my honorable mention always almost was in the grunge category. I was really on on the fence about uh, Nirvana, but. Um, instead, my, man, my, my list is so all over the place. But my honorable mention is gonna go to. My- oh, shut nice. up! <laughs> nice. I'm just saying that they're, they're, they're my honorable mention, and it's really like my my number five and them were all like I really could make a bigger argument to put them in my top five, but I think my top my number five artists they're just so influential in the music today that it was just hard for me to be really not be like well I like their discography just because it's so relevant to today but Maroon 5 man I mean as far as I'm concerned they have never dropped a bad album never and I just respect them so much for their sound and and Adam Levine's just loved of being with the band because everybody knows he could have just said screw y'all and just did something by himself but it's never been what he's wanted to do. Truth. Now, my question to you is, what's your favorite Maroon 5 record? Oh, just... Mm. Because personally, mine is the first one. I about to say, for, like, Songs About Jane is, is really, really probably my favorite, but... The one that I can literally like bang out to, and like my daughters are really into Maroon Five now too, is the V album. Like, okay, I get that. I mean, just because it's just got so many up tempo tracks, but yeah, songs about Jane is is it. Yeah, the V album, <laughs> the V album is actually five for their fifth album. Yeah, I, I, my girls call it V, so I just yeah with it, you know. <laughs> so first of all, I knew. We we're gonna match up on something because Maroon <laughs> Five is actually in my top five. And yo, man, songs about Jane. That's one of the few albums from beginning to end. Yeah, it's gonna make you feel some kind of way. And like, I just want to go and smack Jane mentally. <laughs> you want to smack her mentally? Man, I want to. I want to thank her because well, I mean she she inspired something <laughs> we'll see that and, that, and that was, i was about to come back with that also he i hope he sent her a check or he was like yeah i made this all about you dropped a couple you know f-bombs middle finger yeah i'm making all the money because of you thank you man i just hope well, she tried to sue him right uh, she tried to sue him right yeah because she thought she could win something and yeah she, she tried to sue him behind that that was real yeah she lost because she couldn't <laughs> she prove. Yeah. She could, like, literally, you know, she couldn't prove that everything was about her. And he was just like, how you know it's about you? Because this, this, and this. Oh, I did. It was such, such. And e- even if it was about her, that's still not grounds to sue. <laughs> right. It's like, well, you didn't write a song. You didn't write a song. You didn't write a melody. You were just a muse. Muse don't get paid. Not at all. So, yeah, man. So, I'm a, I guess I'm, I got to jump in now because. You know, Moby took one of my top five, which I knew was I knew was gonna happen. So I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna just slide in and yo, something about moves like Jagger 
that song is super awesome. There are a couple Christina, um, what's her face? I don't remember the last name. Um, Aguilera. Yeah, Aguilera. Christina Aguilera tracks that I mess with. Like, but I would never like real talk talk about it. But I guess I'm gonna talk about it now. Moves like Jagger is super dope. If anything positive came off her being on the Voice was that track because I think she sucked on the Voice. I thought she was kind of a female dog and whatnot and um you know i just didn't like her but that moves like jagger track super dope um harder to breathe super dope i yeah, mean like that one when it's all said and done man all of their releases for the most part have been money, money. and then their <laughs> album and then their albums got a whole bunch of stuff that they'll never release and it's still money so yeah, Maroon Five, man. Yo. Oh, and to put the disclaimer out there, like the Maroon Five tracks you hear on the radio, don't think the whole album's like that. No, Their not at all. The so diverse. <laughs> man, and here's the crazy part. I'm just gonna be what it is. I think their new album is okay. I just think it's okay because their discography has so many good albums on it it's hard for them to beat what they already got if they stop making music today like rock and roll hall of fame for real because if they're not even even thought about then there's a problem in music because these dudes have done it the right way i mean they've come out with good music they come out with decent videos and plus you know adam adam levine will forever be winning until he finds a way to make himself take a take a loss, he hadn't yet. Cause even he turned his loss from Jane to a W. So if you can do that, man. Wait, what? So, hey, what I'm gonna do next? I'm gonna date a whole bunch of swimsuit moms. Oh, guess what? I'm gonna marry one, and then have a kid. Man, whatever. That dude's a beast. And so is my room five. So I guess now we can just skip me because. We just had that love fest from Maroon 5. AG. Well, I just switched one out of the top five because I felt like, well, I did, man. I had to do it, man, because Bon Jovi was going to be my in the top five, but then I thought about the criteria for me, and that band has changed so, so much. I agree. So I'm like, okay, I'll put them in an honorable mention type of thing, even though their discography is really good. But the bump allowed me to put in Jay-Z. Ooh. Didn't expect that. Mm. I love me some Jay-Z. I didn't mean, expect that. Not gonna the lie. The Blueprint. I mean, Hard Knock. I mean, the Black Album. I mean, he's had some records out there that I didn't really appreciate from a, a, a mix standpoint. Um, like Kingdom Come. From a mix standpoint, you know, I was kind of like, eh, I could have done without it. But the lyrical content with that dude is always fire with gas being poured on it constantly as far as I'm concerned and so I'm like well yeah he, he's got to be in my top five I mean I remember the day I got the black album I was in Brooklyn actually and bought it there and I'm like and put it in a little you had a disc man y'all <laughs> that's how old this is so I'm sitting wow. here listening to it like that and being blown away by it. like what in the world? So yeah, Jay Z is definitely my first uh, 
the last of my top five. So he is five of my top five. Nice. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Jay-Z probably could be in my top ten. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's great. I just, for, for my world, I'm not that, I'm not feeling him like that. But, hey, man, to each his own. Yeah, when, when it comes to Jay-Z, I'm one of those people that I'm like, I am a huge appreciator and fan of his talent, even though he's not, like, somebody that I gravitate to. But I, I can't say he's not great at what he does. I mean, he doesn't ruin anything for me. And, I mean, just numbers-wise and influence, I mean, you can't, you just really can't argue with it. I think the, the best and the smartest thing he did was take a back seat to Beyonce. I, I I mean I just think that that could have that might have been the smartest move. That was my choice, bro. Like that's some, no. some some things you just gotta get out of the way of. Well, yeah, <laughs> but you know, but the thing about it is, he could have still got out the way, but still came out with music. Nah, he just stopped it. He's like, yo, it's my wife. It's my wife's turn. And I think for me, I thought that was that might be one of the most brilliantest business moves that he has done because he let her fly like a phoenix and you know you see, I think, I think you're giving him credit for the wrong thing I don't think that had nothing to do with him you know and and you say that but I will say this I even though he didn't necessarily like you know do her stardom I think it's important to, to realize that he got out of the way of it I mean, I just well, think they, well, they, they were on two different trajectories, man. Like, oh well, yeah, mean, he was ending and she was. Yeah, he, he, had been, he had been there and she was going there. So I mean, I think they were just passing by. I'm on a reason to try to get in the way. Yeah, but you know, his ego didn't get in the way. Okay, I can I can say it. I, I can agree with that. He he didn't he didn't necessarily try to make it about him. Because we can go back to Rod Digger, and the dude she was with was a rapper. And she stopped her career for that dude, and we don't even know who he is. And Rod Digger, when she blew up, she blew up. And now, I mean, she's happy being a wife and stuff, and a, mo- a mom and stuff, but imagine if Rod Digger's career could have continued. Yeah, I'm you're not saying... Very, you're being very presumptuous and assuming that that was, like, something that he was advocating for. What if that's what she wanted to do? Well, so... In a couple of interviews, I've read some interviews about it because she said, you know, you know, I did my thing and I decided to, you know, be a, a mother and stuff like that so he can do his thing. But his thing never blew up. So meh. I'm just saying I'm saying that when she got out the game, it could have been bigger. She could have been, you know, I think she could have easily reached Eve status. Because she was going there, and then she just stopped. And I'm just like, it was just sad. Because Rod Digger's first and only, well, no, she came out with two. Her first one was sick. Sick. Imperial. Sick. Classic. And her second one wasn't so much. So, it is what it is. All right. Enough about Rod Digger. All right, Moby. Right, so, yeah, this is the one that I, I, I fought with putting Maroon 5 over them, and it's you just should've. hard for me. No, I mean, I probably should have, but I have a real reasonable explanation as to why 3-6 Mafia is in my top five. 
Now, 3-6 Mafia's discography, if you're not a really Southern hip-hop person, you might be like, well, I mean, I know a couple tracks they did. But if you're listening to the radio in the last five to ten years, there has been no production group that sampled more than 3-6 Mafia is in hip-hop right now. Juicy J still very relevant. Um, they were Academy Award winners, which they spent a whole album letting you know about. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they did. Oh, God, they did. They've been a part of one of the biggest tracks ever. I mean, the Sippin' on Some Scissor track was hot. A lot of people don't know they were actually a part of the original International Player Anthem that had Outkast and UGK. They were part of the production crew of that. I mean, 3-6 Mafia, for me, discography-wise, if I want to just listen to really ignorant, like, down-south hip-hop music that just, that just makes me feel like F everybody, there is nothing... <laughs> nothing that beats throwing in 3-6 Mafia listening to Juicy J and DJ Paul talk about some ignorance that I will never be a part of in my real actual life <laughs> I think he had me at ignorance that was good I, I'm, I'm just saying like you know I listen to sipping on some scissor I ain't sipping on nothing but the track was hot <laughs> he said I ain't sipping on nothing but the track was hot. I mean, look, they, look, the discography. A lot of people don't know, man. They've sold a lot of albums, man. So, I mean, that's that's why they're up there. I mean, and I mean, they're consistent. I mean, if you like Three Six Mafia when they first came out, if they drop an album today, you're gonna like it because it's gonna be the same consistent sound and energy. Knowing you, that pick makes so much sense. <laughs> I mean, and it's, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I'm just not, you know, you're not wrong. And yes, people out there, they did do a whole album letting you know that they won a Grammy. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's a pretty big deal. I let you know, too. I mean, Grammy Award winning Street Six Mafia. Really, dog? <laughs> I mean, you ain't got to start off every track like that. Hey, bro. Yes, you do. I feel like they should have, and I'm glad they did. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, it's, I ain't mad at him. I'm not. So, yeah, I can't be mad at that. I mean, you know, yeah, that's that's a that's a good pick. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. All right. So now, y'all, since y'all have forced me to rank my people, my fourth one, number four, is the Foo Fighters. Because, first oh, of all, nice. Dave Grohl, to go from drummist drum uh drummer with nirvana another classic band to everything else to be at be in the front yeah yeah <laughs> look, no look everything else with the food fighters i mean he lives in virginia he i mean does? he does he lives in northern virginia oh i, like, mean, I thought he lived life. in seattle That's nah uh, man oh okay nah him and this peeps live in northern virginia but more importantly man every album that they came out with bangers whether they slow it down with everlong or they hit you in the face with monkey wrench bangers all the time actually ever everlong is not slowed down but well, it's slowed yeah, down I, at the beginning and then they speed it up and then they slow it back down but it's not your it's not your overall it's not your normal grunge song it's just not or whatever 
department you want to put them in. But I, said, I don't know about classifying them as grunge. I mean, well, they did yeah. a they did a lot. They did some of everything, and that's what made them great. They attracted every genre of people. So like, you can you can see it. Like for me, just like learning to fly is just a a happy poppy song, and then they turn around. Like I said, with Monkey Wrench, and they just destroy your eardrums and your sense of what the, the H is going on. I mean, but he tells, they tell an awesome story for each song. And that's why I'm a big fan of Foo Fighters. And I mean, it doesn't hurt that, you know, they were literally, um, the, I, I don't want to say they were like the, the step kid that came from Nirvana, but did more with it. Cause Dave Grohl, he was an awesome drummer in Nirvana, but on Foo Fighters, he did everything. And then that came from, I mean, like we could talk about like lineage. So you got Nirvana, you got Foo Fighters. And remember from Foo Fighters came Queens of the Stone Age, which had a couple of good albums as well. And, he, you know, Dave Grohl drummed on a couple of them. So it's like the man took, the, took what he learned from Nirvana got some other friends put together this group and honestly i think he he was money with it he was money and foo fires man foo fire any foo fire song that comes on like on my in my list it's really hard to hit that skip unless you just feel in some kind of way you know you just not feeling it and it's hard because usually i i truly feel like your Spotify talks to you better than anything else. I'd agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was, that, from a production standpoint, songwriting standpoint, yeah. I mean, this guy, this guy does doubles of his vocals, man. And <laughs> like, yeah, because at first I didn't even realize it. He, his doubles are so tight, they sound like one vocal. Yeah, and I'm like, now that is like pop rap level tight. And you so, know, yeah, and you know who he really reminds me of. He reminds me of almost a little bit smarter Trent Reznor. Nine Inch Nails. Really? Remember, Trent did everything himself. And then right. he just got some dudes to make a band when he toured. <laughs> I mean, literally. But he did all the album, everything on the album, he did himself. Whether it's drums, bass guitar, regular guitar, vocals, everything. He did that himself. And I feel like Dave Grohl, he did that at the beginning, but he then taught his band how to do that for themselves. And then they just kind of came together and they mushed together and it worked. You know, that's just how I feel about it. Because I'm a really big Nine Inch Nails fan, but their discography, I don't think it's big enough. And to be honest, he had way too many flops for me to put him on my list. But the fact that he... He did everything on every album himself. I mean, he's definitely an honorable mention. And he won't get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he should be in something. But that's mm. my opinion for Resident. Resident won't make it. Okay. I think they I should put know. him that's... in for like some production and stuff. Cause I think all that, they won't put him in as a band. But if they like production and stuff like that, heck yeah, he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I just don't even I don't think anybody will pull that trigger. That's my opinion. I don't know. That'd be sad. That'd be like how, why Rush took so long to get in. I think that'd I mean, be sad. Yeah, it took 
what, 25 years for NWA to get in? It was both of those situations were ridiculous. Yeah, but, ridiculous. You know, that's what it is. But anyway, but yeah, right. I, I agree. The, the um, Foo Fighters, yeah, I, I dig those those guys. Yeah. Moby, you got anything? Nah, man. Like you know, you when you go into that genre, like when you say somebody that I actually know, I'm just like, yeah, I, I'm with you. <laughs> like when, when you're naming songs that I actually know, I'm just like, yeah, like I hadn't even remembered. You know, Everlong. I was like, "Whoa, you're right. That was them." <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ag. What's your number four? My number four is gonna be Limp Biscuit. Wow, I love me some Limp Biscuit. Speak no on doubt that. in my mind. Because Speak- I, I think that the first time the first time I was really introduced to them was not their first record, Three Dollar Bill, y'all, but it was. It was Nookie, and it wore me down because I said, "What is this?" So I stopped and listened. They really did. They really did. And I listened to it one day. I said, "This is dope." So I went back and heard Three Dollar Bill, y'all, which they love them some old school rap for real. Um, then got into I I don't I don't know what the record the second record was called. But that that one from beginning to end was really good. And then they came out with, um, oh my goodness, uh, is that the Starfish or hot, hot dog, dog flavored water? There it is. Yeah, Stupid they came baby. out with that one. I was like, but it was dope. Not gonna disagree. It was dope. Man, well, we can no, disagree. I said, no, I said I'm not gonna disagree. Oh, it was oh, oh. that I, the name of the album was stupid, but it is what it is. Man, and then my favorite, actually my favorite Limp Biscuit record was their only hiccup. That's when the the original guitar player left, and they got a new guy. And the new guy I thought was dope, and that was Results May Vary. That is probably my favorite Limp Biscuit record. But yeah, Limp Biscuit over time have been Limp Biscuit. They've never not been anything else but themselves, and they've done it really, really well. And they've stayed relevant based on writing and performing good music so yes they, they that's my number four i mean i'm not gonna lie man roland the air raid version not the method man version but the air raid version is so dope yes. and um dj um oh what's the dj name mm, i can't remember his name me neither like i'm singing a song and when it gets when they say his name, I forget his name. But their DJ crushed it on that. Rolling, 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 rolling. I mean, he just they just killed that song. Kills it. That gets me yeah, hyped yeah. in the car when I play it, man. It's just like ah. Yeah, that song is fire, man. I mean, to the point to where the eagle signed off on it. So I'm like, yeah, that yeah, because that they took they took the um the what you call it the baseline from the Eagles, correct? Yeah, that that and more. Well, so but, yeah. I mean, they paid him for it. So. Yeah, they did. But sometimes artists don't sign off on it, man. So, but yeah. they did that time. That was that, that, that whole record was really good. That's the verb about that. Ooh, I mean, that's an inter- I just think that's an interesting choice because I feel like you know, over the probably the last ten years, I don't know if I don't know if the history of Limp Biscuit has aged well. Like, I don't know if people who aren't like who weren't in that era or. Um, 
really, really appreciated them in the moment. I don't know if if that they've aged well popularity wise overall. I think I don't think they have. I don't. I really don't think they have. I, I think. See, I think what got caught up where they got caught up in, they got caught up in the the that pop. Um, ah, they got caught up in the TRL era. Yep, and when you know it was that whole Eminem and Christina Aguilera and Fred Durst thing and they got caught up in all that unnecessarily and I blame Fred Durst for that but I ain't mad at him for it because basically you know he was trying to do whatever and then you know sometimes bad press is not bad press but I think what happened is Fred Durst became bigger than the band and then basically everybody either loved or hated Fred Durst. So if you hated Fred Durst, you couldn't wait to see him fall. But the problem with that is when he fell, so did Limp Biscuit. And when when the, the head falls. Yeah, but I mean, but I guess what I'm saying is even if they wanted to recover, they never they couldn't recover in public opinion. Not that their music suffered. It's just it, it wouldn't matter if their music was good. Public had basically hated Fred Durst, and and I guess I think that's what I was saying. I was just yeah. like, yeah, I think it's unfortunate a lot of people ain't gonna don't just hear the music; they everything else that gets involved in that. Yeah, because I mean, my generation spoke to that generation at the time. I mean, they had a lot of good tracks. It's just when you got caught up in the the pre TMZ era. That's what happened. I don't know. True enough. I, I still think, I think in a situation like where y'all are talking about, they're right to be rediscovered, though. I think it's been a long enough time and they're still putting out good records. I think there are people that could discover them that have no idea about the drama. Um, because the music's still good. I mean, Gold Cobra came out like a couple, three years ago. And it's instantly recognizable, and it's that good. I think that they they could have another fan base altogether. The only reason they exist is because of what um, Public Enemy and Anthrax did back in the '80s to begin with. Yeah, so I, I think came out like three years ago. And I'm going to tell yeah, you, that's I the first so. time I, I heard it. Came out like oh. like 2010 or something. It could have been. It's it's <laughs> it's it's the last thing that they did. But what I'm saying is they still they still are limp biscuit at a high level whatever they come out with and i'm gonna so, yeah and i'm gonna tell you that's the first time i've ever heard that one they came out with album in the last 10 years and two go cobra i've never heard that so actually fred durst no limp biscuit did something with uh lil wayne that was hot wow and i was like man these guys are still killing it man i mean i'm just saying they they uh have been doing them for a minute wow. and they do it well so you know they my dudes but yeah I do agree with everything y'all are saying about it though but I do think like I said I do think that they could be on the path of rediscovery because they're still putting out good music and I think that there are kids that were babies when all this was happening the first time they don't know about the drama so they don't care about it yeah so a reunion tool would serve them well once everything gets back up and running we'll I see. think yep We'll see. Moby number four. All right. Earth, wind, and fire. Ooh. 
Yes. Yeah, I, did. I went. I went from three six mafia to Earth Wind and Fire, and I don't care. <laughs> Nor should you. And I almost don't feel like there's anything to speak on with three six mafia. Like they, when it comes to actual like bang. You mean Earth Wind and Fire? You you just said three six mafia. No, I said I went from three six mafia to Earth Wind and Fire. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Just no, but sure. what I'm saying, when it comes to bands like and performance, like they they were the standard. Like they really were. <laughs> I mean, there was no one better in the '70s for as far as performance goes. Those guys yeah. are players, man. And I mean, I, I like I grew up in listening to my mom's Earth, Wind, and Fire album. So those are those are literally albums that I listened to growing up as a kid, and I can listen to them today as if they just came out. Heck, anybody yeah. who knows me at my wedding, on my wedding song, me and my mom danced to Boogie Wonderland. Yes, you did. We started wow, off the boys to men, nice. mama, and then midway through the song, it switched to Boogie Wonderland. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Wow. <laughs> well, my thing is, that's interesting because you brought that up, and I was thinking about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, how come Earth, Wind, and Fire isn't more sampled? Isn't sampled more? What do you think that is? I, I think a couple reasons. One probably because they don't sign. I mean, they don't sign off on it, honestly. Because I mean, they okay. And, and and the other thing is probably expensive to sample them. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right about that. And then and then saying, I don't know just, if I, I don't know. know how a lot of artists would sample some of the stuff that they've done. Just just like you sample anything else. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah but I'm talking about like. You can sample like snippets of the sound and the music, but a lot of artists get sampled for like lines in a song or just recognizable pieces. But Earth, Wind, and Fire is not a—it's not a particular sound. It's the whole sound. So unless you're gonna sample the whole sound, you're just wasting your time, man. Like I would be disappointed to just hear like a snippet sample in somebody. I'm like, if you're gonna take an Earth, Wind, and Fire track, I need that to pretty much be the the whole sample. Yeah, and, and I, what I'll say with that is, I think you're probably right on a lot of that, and you're definitely right on, like, you're not going to just take a snare from Earth, Wind, and Fire, because they made their music so connected that if you got, if you take that snare, first of all, how are you going to isolate the, the snare <laughs> off of a five second clip when you can't isolate everything else? Everything's so together. Now, if I guess there are some producers who can do that, but to me, it seems like too much work to do that. And a lot of these producers today ain't about the about, ain't about to work. They'll just recreate it themselves and do it. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just I, I can't see like I can't ever see anybody sampling Boogie Wonderland just because there's so much going on. And remember, Man, y'all gonna make me y'all gonna make me do it now. Well, I mean, y'all got all this can't. I'm like, oh, man, I'm, I'm not sure saying, about I, that. I don't think it's that it can't be. I, I, I think a lot I think of people just, work. I think a lot of people just don't want to. Yeah, I think it's just work. I mean, because I mean, let's be real, man. That band had like 20 people in it. And everybody was doing something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody there had the tambourine. Somebody had the the um the xylophone. Somebody had the triangle. I mean. Everybody in that group was working. That group couldn't exist today. You can't make enough money. <laughs> so, like, 
you know, that's why I'm saying it's hard to sample them because it's so much stuff going on in every second. I mean, and they have been sampled in things. It's just not, it's just not a ton of things. I mean, they're not like Bootsy Collins level of being sampled. Nah, okay. it'll never be Bootsy Collins. <laughs> but then everything Bootsy Collins did was so simple. It was, it was easy to do it. You know what I'm saying? And then it just no, flowed. Boosie Collin never did anything that was simple. However, it was funky. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say the same thing, but all right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm, I I would be interested, and I might even look it up after we record, the sh- after the show. I'm kind of curious how many samples of any Earth, Wind, and Fire is out there. Because... Um, you can't play with my Yo-Yo by um, Yo-Yo oh. Ice Cube sample Devotion from them. Okay. Um... Uh wow, Young Thug featuring Jacquez, amazing samples. September, wow, I didn't did not know that. But it's Young Thug, so it's probably terrible. Flies featuring T Pain, Shorty actually had a sample from Fantasy. Interesting, didn't recognize. Three Six Mafia sampled them on a song called "Smoking on the Drill," was also a Fantasy. Like wow, like so, so they, I mean, they've, been, they've been sneaky sampled. They have it's, they've been sneaky sampled a lot actually. I mean a lot, like fifty times. Um, I'm on the first page, and it's four more. It's nine more pages to go. So okay. no, no. Never mind apparently, apparently, they've been sampled a lot, and and we just didn't notice. Well, my bad. <laughs> Has anybody sampled um Boogie Wonderland? Because I I would think that of all their stuff, that might be the hardest to sample. Ag, would would you be correct on that? Would I be correct on that? Just because it's so much well, going on? No, it's because re- really what you're doing, when you sample anything, you're not always looking for a snare drum or a drum line as much as you can take a, a progression. Like if you have certain chords going on or a melody or whatever, what you're doing is you're taking that piece of music and you're you're putting it wherever you, you know, make your beats or whatever it is, and you break it down to build something new so if you if you put if you put four bars or something on 16 pads or even one bar or something on 16 pads it's going to end up being something that sounds familiar but it's not the same so that's why you know it's it's easier than you think but it's still a grind and you have to find that piece of that that combination of music within the music that makes sense you know from a hip-hop standpoint or whatever it is that you're doing so that's why i had asked the question because a lot of the music a lot of the artists that might that might sample earth wind and fire i'm not going to really be familiar with but i do wonder you know why it isn't sampled more because it hasn't gotten so mainstream it's like okay like james brown mainstream yeah so you know that's that's why i had asked the question but yeah you can you can if you go to work, you know, and you know your software really well, then you you can sample anything, especially okay. in the context that we're talking about. So, yeah, Earth, Earth and Wind and Fire hadn't been sampled because not, it has. But what I'm saying to answer your question in the context of your question, Earth, Wind and Fire hadn't been sampled because someone hasn't worked hard enough to do it. That That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because but, once you find. Huh? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, but apparently we got nine pages of samples. So, well, no, exactly those, and that's what I'm saying. That. Those people, <laughs> those people have gone to work, but yeah, stuff. I understand what y'all are saying musically, 
but when a song moves you to the point to where okay let me put this in my mpc and i'm gonna see what happens gotcha because really you know crate digging is all that that's all it is you went to a record store and you got serpentine fire and it's like oh i know i gotta do something with this and then you go to work next thing you know you have a hit record on your hands and earth wind and fire has got to be paid but somebody went to work because some records are harder than others to get something out of because there's odd time signatures there's stuff in there that you don't want to send away you have to have an imagination to get it down and once you get it down and some rapper hears it and they're inspired there it is but yeah somebody got to go to work wow all right we got that information didn't expect this today for real so Moby, did you did you find any Boogie Wonderland so far, or did you stop? Uh, yeah, actually, it was like twenty three different songs, and like most of them was stuff I had never heard of. Had sampled Boogie Wonderland. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Wow. I'm not gonna lie. I expected Earth, Wind, and Fire from you, but I didn't expect it to be your top five. But that's that that was a that was a bold move there. Well, I was actually hoping Earth, Wind, and Fire would be in somebody's top five because they deserve to be on everybody's <laughs> top five. I mean, yeah. No joke. But the funny thing is about Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I got to put this out there, and it's no disrespect and throwing shade, but I will say this. A lot of their best songs were written by David Foster, which is married to the, um, the girl that did the... Uh, um, Paul Abdul... What's the show that she did? That every other show, America's Got Talent, all that stuff that birth that at birth. What was that that I show? Don't know. Anyway, he's married. David Foster's married to the one of the contestants on um, on one of these uh, talent shows, and he had a hand in like some serious R and B. So the idea that Earth, Wind, and Fire got off because of a white dude has to be mentioned. Um, hmm. I always think that's a funny story. I think yeah, he wrote. I think he big... wrote Reasons, and I think he yeah. wrote September. Yeah, like, like, some of the most recognizable songs was all yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know that you know because but David Foster is like a beast, especially in R and B. I mean, the best mix ever. No, I shouldn't say the best mix ever, but one of the best, I think, uh, Whitney Houston songs, uh, he mixed that. Mixed it in one try. Wow. And I'm like, man. Woof. So, yeah. White guy. <laughs> we learned about music today. Man, Italian man, it's, it's, it's some interesting stories out there. Real talk. Nice, so. good one there, Moby. You got well, wow. Good yeah, one. that, that Mo, Earth Room and Fire is a deep conversation. Absolutely. Nice. So, my number three. Let's go ahead and stick with the white guys, the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I knew you were gonna put them uh, up there. You stole one. I knew they was gonna you be stole up there. One from me. Oh, yeah, I had one yeah. of yours, man. Yeah, you did. I was actually listening to Beastie Boys. I was listening to them on the way home today from work. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, everybody gave the Beastie Boys a whole bunch of garbage at the beginning because, you know, people didn't, that they, they didn't necessarily like them. They thought they were stealing, you know, hip hop from the black culture and all this other craziness. Man, 
Beastie Boys possibly could have been one of the smartest groups that evolved from the 80s to the 90s and even to the 2000s. It's they did their discography is so crazy. Let's take out the first two or three albums and their discography is still nasty. I mean, you know, let's take out um let's take out Paul Revere. Let's take out um uh uh Brass Monkey. Let's take out those things. You know, you didn't you have the forgettable album when they were on drugs during the whole thing and they only had one song that was any good. Check it out. But after that, it's almost like the drug thing brought them to where they need to be. Ill communication is possibly one of the 10 dopest albums ever. From beginning to end. They had stuff up there for hip hop. They had stuff up there for electronica. That is probably one of the few CDs that I've, I've ever experienced where I can listen to the beginning to the end. Especially after track 10, when they went into craziness with the electronica and all the other stuff, I still didn't get up and turn it off. It was that good. And, you know, then they did the five burls thing. I mean, everything they came out with was money. And, you know, I think they get a lot of respect today. And I believe they are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Rock, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But they got them before NWA, so I'm kind of a little beefed about that. But they came out before NWA, so I'll let myself deal. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, you know, people can say that their first couple albums were terrible. Fine, take them out. And they still got better albums than most people will ever have. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, AG, you want to jump in? Because... Yeah, I do. Intergalactic. Yeah, Intergalactic, awesome. man. Oh, crazy. Mm. Yeah, but it's one of those tracks that's like... Everywhere. Like you said, I think it's no... I don't think... Well, personally, I like um, Paul's Boutique. I like a lot of those records people don't like. Because mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, Paul's Boutique was the beginning of the new. Correct. Because now... Because everything... I mean, black people can feel some type of way about the Beastie Boys' first song, but the other side of that is Russell Simmons will tell you, I needed some white rappers. So it was completely business for him, and I didn't really appreciate it how he, how he and Rick Rubin treated them. So I'm glad that Paul's Boutique came out for so many reasons. But the biggest reason was musically where they were doing what they wanted to do, and they were still hot. Yep. So for me, even though I love the uh, you know License to Ill everything after that let me know that they were legit to start with no matter how they were treated so i understand black people but it's like that don't make that don't make you right because that was a russell simmons uh type of experiment if you will that was a business decision that, also that for worked. him yeah it worked but it was still foul the way it was the way in which he expressed himself i didn't really like the way he expressed himself with them but like I said, everything after the fact, they're legit. I mean, there there very few times I listen to a BC Boy song and go, "Okay, this sucks." In fact, I don't ever think I ever said that. Yeah. And the idea, and I think it's really poignant what you said. The idea that you can take out Paul Revere and still be dope. Oh that's yeah. That's saying something. That's saying something. They did a whole album high, 
Like, yeah, get out of really, here, man. That's not really an accomplishment in the music industry. But, no, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I guess, I guess not, but I'm not saying high on weed, but I'm saying high on, like, drugs and stuff. That's and not I really know, an accomplishment in the <laughs> <laughs> You know, I will say that. You, you may be right on that. But even though that's one of the albums I necessarily didn't like as much, the production was still phenomenal on that. And, you know, you listen to So What You Want, and that, that stuff is everywhere, man. I mean, from the from the melodic to their rapping to the switching diet. I mean, it's like the whole thing is just like, I'm tripping listening to that song. And I don't do drugs. I don't do aspirin. And I'm tripping listening to that. So it's like, I felt like they they just really went into it. And then, like he said, with Paul's Boutique, that's when they changed up their game. And there are a lot of people who don't like Paul's Boutique. But Sneaky, it's, it's a sneaky good album. And then, you know, with ill communication behind it, it all made sense. It's like a big story. Hey, we were young, so we came out fight for your right to party now we're getting a little older so we came out with paul's boutique we experimented a little bit with drugs so you know so what you want yeah i mean (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah we we know they they did some work but i mean and then we decided to to grow up and we came out with intergalactic and it's just i mean uh hello was hello nasty excuse me hello nasty to me, that was like, we've grown up. And now we just coming out with good music, period. Not even rap, just good music. So, Well, for me, it's just the idea that they made a conscious effort to be musicians. Yeah. Uh, and play your own instruments and sample yourself. Because in really, like, uh, Sabotage is real special oh, to me because... Love that song. Who knew that was a bass guitar? It, well, I knew. But I mean, I'm saying in general, who knew? And it's just like I did the not. dude was just playing, huh? I did not know it was a bass guitar. Yes, it's a very, very distorted bass guitar. And he was sitting, he was sitting around playing his bass one day, and I was like, "Yo, what's that?" And and you know, uh, sabotage was born. And I'm sitting here going, "Now that is dope." Yeah. I mean, these these guys, they, they're for real, man. They are too legit. I'm, so I don't know what else to say about the BC Boys. Ah. And and if you haven't seen that special on Apple Music, I mean not Apple Music, but Apple uh, Apple TV, Apple TV Plus, you need to check it out. It's I have dope. It. I'm going to check. Oh it out. Oh my god, it's so good. Check it out, folks. All right, Moby, number three. Since I stole AGs. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a man. I'm going all over the place, but I'm gonna go back to to my roots. Um, UGK. I knew you were going to have them on your top five. I knew it. Look, man, you know me. And if you got three six mafia, UGK was right behind. Yes, and and but for different reasons, but still related. Um, what a lot of people who don't really understand what UGK was was for people in the South, they were literally one of they were literally the first big Southern rap group that spread across multiple states in the South. And not only that, like, with Pimp C, everybody knows, like, the ignorant he had and the pimping facade. 
But what people don't really appreciate is he was really one of the first hip hop artists that was truly sampling like 70s and 80s and sometimes even 60s soul music in his tracks. Like a lot of those old UGK production tracks are all samples of soul music. And now when you listen to Southern hip hop, that's literally all they're all doing now. Like Underground Kings is their name, but truly they were the definition of their name. There's so many Southern hip hop groups that are Southern people who just don't exist without UGK. I mean, and you ask any Southern rapper, like when they talk about the goats or the legends or the Mount Rushmore of of Southern rappers, it's UGK is up there. So I mean, it's and every track they did, every every album they did, I loved. Like there's there's no UGK album that you can't put on right now, and I will bump in my car like it just came out yesterday. And Front to back and side to side. The, the production when you when you go back and listen to UGK's it's just it's bananas like how ahead of his time and now how relevant and current he is right now even though Pimp C's dead his, even Bun B said that he was like you know when you heard UGK that was us but when you hear the music that's Pimp C you're hearing all of Pimp C's personality into the music so like so UGK has like a special place and my and my heart musically, and it's it's not it's it's beyond just the lifestyle stuff that it seems like they're advocating. But if you really listen to Pimp C's lyrics, he's more of a storyteller than a advocator. <laughs> Same with Bun B. Bun B paints one of the greatest lyrical pictures. I mean, you can ever paint in a lot of the songs. Like, I mean, he made the song "Murder," and when I when I first heard "Murder," I was just like, man, that is. That is the most detailed description I have ever heard on on a track. So yeah, UG, UGK is is in my top five. So they're they're my number three. Nice. Wow. You know this. I knew this conversation was gonna be awesome. I just knew it. And it's all, all over the place because we're so different musically. Like we have some overlapping things, but. It's so diverse. <laughs> which I which I knew we were gonna have. So like that's the awesome part of it. Is that sorry, that that's the awesome part of it because we did have some overlapping things and we still got two more to go. So my number two New Edition. Oh, <laughs> candy girl. <laughs> I think that's all I gotta say. Their discography is disgusting. From the beginning, unless, I mean, with Bobby, without Bobby, we're going to kick out the BBD. We'll kick out the Bobby stuff. We're going to kick out the giant stuff, that horrible stuff that Ralph Transvent came out with. Yo, New Edition is the second coming of the Jackson 5, but they stayed together. Literally. There's no Michael. It is all of them. I thought it was brilliant that they had to split up. So you found out that everybody else had talents. And then when they came back together, the music even got better. So like, yo, I mean, from Candy Girl to You're Not My You're Not My Type of Girl to uh 
Oh my come God. on, man! Don't man. you can't you can't not mention this song. I'm gonna let you try. Man, come on, man! I'm, I'm, there's a whole bunch in my mind right now. Like it's not the music being played. Like, can you stand the rain? There it is. I mean, there it is. Yo, that, there it is. I mean, oh my God! Even the tracks, so even the tracks that didn't sell were hot. Any heartbreak was hot. Oh, any heartbreak <laughs> was my joint, man! I learned the dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> Who else knows the dance moves? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Moby. I could never do him. I'm not a good dancer. Moby. I don't, I don't either confirm nor deny. <laughs> that means he learned them. <laughs> Yo, I mean, they made so much money. The new edition story. No, no, no backup. Somebody yeah, else made Somebody a lot made money. so much money off of them. Maurice Starr made a well, lot of money. I, they made money later in their career. No, because because they uh, still fighting for money, man. Oh, that's true. But that, but that's their fault. The second part is their fault. Michael Bivens did well after a while. Well, that BBD did well, and so he got paid. Yeah, because he owned the East Coast family. The other two, I mean, Ronnie did okay, but Ryan didn't blow his money on drugs like Ricky did. Which I don't, so, know, I don't know if they're on anyone's list, but man, it was real hard for me not to force the men up here. It was real hard, but I don't want to steal nobody's thunder, so just keep moving. <laughs> nope. I thought about boys and men too. But I couldn't put Boys and Men up here above Maroon 5. But I daggone sure had to put New Edition up here without question. I mean, New Edition, literally, guys, New Edition has spanned three decades. Yeah, first time I heard Candy Girl, I was a, I was, junior high. Then the yeah, 90s, they came out with stuff. 2000s, they came back four decades. And then to the 2010s, four decades, New Edition. Yeah. Like, New edition will for, forever be in everybody's world. It's just you can't get away from these cats. And yeah, new edition's my, my number two. And there's no question that they're my number two. With man, I feel I almost feel like standing up doing a little spin move right now, but <laughs> that might mess up. I don't got the I don't got the quarters head quarters headset on, so that might be a bad day. And I'm not trying to tire myself out. I just walked two and a half miles. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm, I'm, you know I, what? I'm gonna, you, you, I just want to ask. I just want to interject. I just want to know: Are we really going to do a discography and Michael Jackson? Because we're not finished yet. Okay, okay. I'm just all right. Continue, Andrew. But see, you know what? I'm glad you said that. But the spirit of what you're asking is really unreasonable, because when you say when when the top five is only five and there's three of us, that makes 15. That still is not enough. No, no, I'm just saying. But, you know, generally, when you say music, greatest discography, people are like Michael Jackson and Prince. I'm just like, I feel like those are names that in every stereotypical one has to pop up. So I'll say this. My, for me, Michael Jackson and Prince did not show up in my top five. However, I feel like Michael Jackson and Prince is uh, uh, already, you know, we don't need to talk about them because what are we going to say? Thank Michael you. Jackson. Because literally, right, that's, why, that's why they're not. I'm just like, yo, that's like a cheat code. Like, yeah. <laughs> Prince, a cheat code that Prince? was good. All we're going to do is, <laughs> what do you want to talk about? Prince or the symbol? Uh, <laughs> That's it. Those so cats like that, I feel like for us to talk about that would be one very disingenuous because we can never talk enough about that. And then two, 
I feel like, at least in my opinion, I feel like, yo, what what am I gonna say different about Prince or Michael Jackson? Y'all don't already know. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I felt bad because a lot of the stuff that y'all are saying, I just I just couldn't think of enough to get to it. Cause like when you said new edition, I was like, dang. <laughs> And then I, I Mo was like Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson never crossed my mind, and I, I feel like I blasphemed in some way. No, now, it, it crossed mine, but I was just like, man, it's just an easy way out. Like I feel like yeah. Michael Jackson and Prince are the easy way out. And as much as their music is just so recognizable, and I'm not gonna act like if any of those songs came on, I'm not gonna totally be like, yeah, those songs bang. Except for Black and White, I hate that song. They're just not. It's not really in my top five discography. I just acknowledge that it's it's. Oh well, yeah. So basically, what you're saying is this a respect? It's like game recognized. Yeah. Game. But I mean, okay. are you gonna get mad that it's not on our top? Five? I mean, really? Who are you? I mean, if you're you're born, Michael Jackson's already in your top five. You ain't got choices. You know. That's, really that's kind of fair. Really that's kind of fair. You know, <laughs> Prince. Prince. It really is. Like, if you never experienced Prince in your life, that's a you problem. So, like, I feel sexy like sexy MF. Huh? Sexy MF. Yeah. I mean, so. You know, I, I feel I felt like I'm glad nobody said those two. And if you said it, that's okay. But I just feel like like T like Moby said, it's a cop out, man. We already know they they. I mean, for for God's sakes, Michael Jackson's been called the greatest. And he's the king of pop for a reason. Yeah, that's just like even. I mean, I don't know if I say Diana Ross, but anybody at that stature, like you know Aretha Franklin. Really, I mean, we're gonna talk about Aretha Franklin. But then you have to, don't you? No, nah, I, mean, I, I, I was thinking Whitney Houston, but I mean, I'm, I'm not the hugest. I recognize that she, she was a beast. Yeah, we could talk about this forever. So no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack. I was, nah, just, you I was just curious. I'm like, man, this, I feel like this, we've gone nah. too long without saying the, the stereotypical name. Well, because we're not stereotypical people. I hope, but if we are, that's okay too. Ag, it's on you, number two. My number two, Michael Jackson, oh! the Beatles. <laughs> I'm sorry, it's all good. You stole one from it, but we family, we good. <laughs> um, so my what I was going to mention was the BC Boys. It's already been mentioned, so that becomes the Beatles. Nice. I feel like that's another cheat code too, but <laughs> I was well. I mean, it, it kind of is because who doesn't like the Beatles a little bit? I mean, that's one of the like you said. It's like like Ruben said it was funny when he said it too because it's true it's like when you're born certain things you don't have a choice about and actually there's another one my number my number one is going to be the same thing but it's just like they they crossed my mind as somebody or a group that was important because they fit all the criteria they stayed who they were until the end and their music got better until the end they never had a drop off so yeah, I'm gonna go with the Beatles, even though it's a cheat code. That's so well, funny. Even though, and I would, even though it's a cheat code, I'm gonna I'm go with them anyway. But I'm gonna defend that because I think the Beatles are okay. I mean, look, I mean, I'm not I'm not mad. I don't think they're a cheat code <laughs> at all. I don't think they're a cheat code. I think the Beatles. I think I think if you're in the business of music, like honestly, if you're in the business of music, you're almost forced to like the Beatles because their music was good. But me personally, like I don't. Understand that those people talk in their native tongue so they can tell you that they hate you to your face. Now, is that all of them? No, of course not. But it's enough. 
It's enough to help me understand that's the way the world works and it's okay. But like you said, just understand, stop taking your NyQuil, stay woke. But none of this is a surprise to me. This is how it goes. It's just overt now. That's all. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. A serious subject. I don't want to talk about that more. Oh, you, you, this was on the list. How can you just like abandon this? I'm just giving you a hard time. It is harsh and it's no fun, but here we are. Is what it is. I mean, right. you know, yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't, we're not, we can't undo it nope. and we can't unsee it. Nope. And all you can do is react to what it was. And that's what it is. And all we can try to do is educate ourselves um, as people, yep. trying not black people, white people, whatever, just all people, educate yourselves and, you know, try to do better. Truth. But I, and and I I want to you know obviously y'all know by now Boo Love is white she does not look like me and she's a very beautiful person and um, I feel sorry for her and people like her because they have to deal with and you know ironically enough have to deal with the weight of their skin color and I do want to say this emphatically I say many harsh things and they're all true. But I hope that you also hear me, and this is to the listening audience. I hope that you also hear me when I say it's not everyone. Not by a long shot. People like my wife, um, it's hard for them to deal with because, number one, <laughs> they represent what everybody hates on on a Wednesday. And then you add in this Trump thing and you look at him and people look at her and it's, it's bad. So it's not everyone. I had a personal experience years ago. I, I'm a big fan of NPR, and I'm a big fan of the, the Prairie Home Companion. Great show. So they took their live show on the road, which they always are on the road, and they came to Wolf Trap. And so I went to see them, and I expected to see what I saw on the surface, which was a Wolf Trap full of white folks, which makes sense. I mean, it's not a big deal. I mean, you know, you go to see Soul Train, you'll see black people. Not a big deal. Well, the surprise came when I overheard people talking about, at the time, he was Senator Obama. And I was like, okay. I couldn't hear everything, so I just assumed they were just talking about how they, this, is, this ain't going to happen, right? Wrong answer. In fact, I would, I would dare say 70% of that crowd was pro-Obama. Won't nobody, won't nobody in there black but me and my date, my girlfriend at the time. And I'm saying all that to say that it's not everyone. Now, do I expect y'all to have the time and take the time to find out who people are? No, we don't have that kind of time. That's where presumption comes in. However, if you do have the time and somebody shows you they're not who they say they are, or where you think, I shouldn't say that, somebody shows you they are not who you think they should be based on how they look, I suggest you get your mind right because yep. black folk don't like it. White folk don't like it either. So I just had to say that to balance out this pH because it can get really acidic once you start on your soapbox. It just needs to be balanced. Preach. Just saying. Just saying. Hey, man. Hey, I ain't mad at you. I hope not. That needed to be said because, you know, black people love us and us. Sometimes we get angry. Well, 
it's not always good. And we're going to talk a little about people loving themselves from them later. Oh, we are? That's my oh, favorite yeah. subject. Okay. I know, right? But, you know, I don't like animals. Huh? I don't. I don't. I'm not okay, hold on. You got to define. What you mean? I'm not an animal guy either, but I don't dislike them. So what does that mean? I mean, my thing is, I don't necessarily like dogs. And Did I you know have an experience? Or you yes, just don't I like had dogs? An experience. Say what? I had a bad experience. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I got you. I know where you're coming from now. Yes. So, um, but however, you know, I digress. There's this dog in Seattle who <laughs> decided that, you know what, owner, you're taking a taking way too long. So, yeah, I'm going to the dog park that I always like to go to. Yep. And the dog now goes by himself or herself or whatever. With a bus um, pass on the collar. Absolutely. Gotta, the dog has uh, um, his eight-year-old puppy or dog or whatever. Yep. Um, she has a travel ticket attached to her collar. Yep. And she waits at the bus stop for the bus. Mm-hmm. They open it up for the dog. Yep. Dog gets on the bus, gets on a seat, and I guess they... Maybe in Seattle's electronic or whatever. Yeah. I don't know how that works. Um, and then basically, you know, she goes, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry about that. Um, I don't basically just goes to the dog park, walks himself. Yep. Comes back two hours later. No problem. It's a mix of Labrador Retriever and Mastiff. Yep. Absolutely. Leaves the house alone, takes a bus downtown, spends a couple hours getting exercise, then gets back on the bus and comes back home. And all the bus drivers that that drive that route know the dog. Yeah. But I mean, I only the only thing I see wrong with this, I think it's a cute story. But the only thing I see wrong with this is it just gives, and this is a pet peeve of mine. Um <laughs> Actually, it's more than a pet peeve of mine because I don't like my wife being in harm's way. But it gives people that don't like to leash their dogs more fuel to argue about leashing their dogs. Very true. Because we have a park across the street from where we live, and my wife goes to run out there. And I used to go to the park all the time until my niece started acting up. So I'm familiar with what's happening. And it's just like there is a sign that clearly, clearly states. The dog must be on a leash. Exactly. I think there's a fine involved, whatever, whatever. Right. City Park. They have everything labeled. No one is unaware. Man, I will go out there and see people with the dogs running around, whatever, whatever. And it's like, don't you read? And the other thing that bothers me about this whole thing is dog owners sometimes, not all of them, because my dad certainly isn't this way, but dog owners can be like, well, he's nice. He wouldn't bite. No, that's you. Yeah. I don't know your dog. Oh, man, you have no idea. I love that statement. I, I mean, love it when tells that he doesn't bite nobody. Man. Okay, because sometimes the dog that loves you so much will bite at you if you do the right thing. So mm-hmm. to tell somebody that's a stranger to the dog, oh, he won't bite, he's harmless, wrong answer. And it's disrespectful to people that are minding their business because it's an animal. And animals do what they do. 
So that's the only thing for me that was like, mm, it's a cute story, but yeah, I don't want people talking about because the dog goes to the dog park on his own and all the bus drivers know him and he's so cute and we're so kind in Seattle that all dog, no dog needs a leash. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, wrong. And so, me- go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and and, that, and that's my whole soapbox thing for the day. Actually, I had another one, but I'm just saying for that part of it, it's like, don't take away responsibility from someone who is gaining more power. You have to have equal parts power and responsibility for the world to work right. That's all I got to say. I mean, there are pictures of people just like pet the dog or stuff, and that's cool for you until the dog has a bad day. Uh, well, you're not wrong. I mean, because clearly, I mean, everybody has a bad day, but maybe this dog doesn't have a bad day. So I don't know. But you know what? It ain't going to be me. And I mean, I think it's cute that, oh, you let him get on the bus by himself. Oh, he walks around the dog park. Hold on. Isn't he supposed to have somebody with him at the dog park? What is that about? See, that that goes back to what I just finished saying. And you yeah. see, this is a vacuum. The story itself is a vacuum, and it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think owners appreciate just some random dog. Now, again, they know the dog, but I'm talking about the first time it happened, they're like, what are, what are on that? Smoke a cigarette? Not it's not a tiny dog. No. It's a Labrador Mastiff Max mix, man. It's so, a big dog. Exactly. You're talking about a medium-sized dog and a large dog mixed together. So, yes. A big black dog. Yes. I don't care if we got a travel pass Man, it ain't our fault that you were too late. He was smoking a cigarette. Did you read that part? Yeah. Oh, man. And he's like, man, I got time to wait for you. Like, hold on. You need to get your dog in check, son. No, well, no, you need to get your human in check. That's what that is. He's I mean, responsible for the dog. But you know what that is? That's called my dog's not on a leash. Exactly. And see, here we go back to what I just... Look, don't get me wrong, folks. I'm not... I'm. I'm agnostic when it comes to animals. I could live or, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't dislike them, but I probably won't ever own one. But what I am saying is respect for people who don't have them or like you have bad experience, whatever. Be respectful of people around you. That's all I'm asking. I'm not saying that, you know, you can't have dogs or I hate dogs and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Let's not turn this into Michael Vick. It's not what this is about. This is having respect for the people around you that don't have dogs. Or don't like Put a leash on it and have a human with it. That's all. Yeah. That's all. My mother-in-law is the, man, she is the dog fanatic. But I don't think she would go there. You know what I mean? She, mm, no. And then, too, the other thing. What happens if somebody hurts the dog? What What then? What if the dog hurts somebody else? Exactly. But see, I mean, that's more plausible, but really ask the question. What if somebody just hurts the dog? Where's the owner? How do you prosecute? You weren't even there. Anyway, it's just a lot of problems for me with this particular article, even though I thought the article was cute. I think it's kind of dope that a dog is smart enough to understand what time it is. But at the same time, like the human element in this is like wowzers. So... I'm going to leave it there. But I just don't want my wife to be running around out of the business and get bit again because she's had a bad experience too because someone chose to not leash their dog 
when it's clearly stated that you have to because they feel like they're special. No, you're not special. You just have a dog. I'm sorry? They get mad when you tell on them. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you're talking about heated because they think they're special. It's almost like parents and kids. Just because you have a child doesn't mean you're more special than anybody else. It means you have a child. And yes, your child bad too. Period. I don't care what you think you believe. The teachers and admin that work with your kids don't like your kids. How about that? They're not angels. They're not angels. They are not. Far from. Ugh. But now let's talk about helping somebody. Okay. Because we, you know, we don't help people a lot. Well, you know. Okay, first of all, I don't understand how it's happening in Richmond, but in Norfolk, North Virginia, where we kind of live, they have we have tolls almost all over the place, and they have toll a toll relief program, which was I thought was dope, and basically, it's for people who live in portion of the Norfolk. Okay. They earn less than $30,000 or less a year. They have or they open up an easy pass account and they take eight trips or more through the downtown midtown tunnels doing a calendar month. Basically, because tolls are like stupid. It's at least a dollar and 15 a dollar and 30 cent to take a toll around here. And that's not on peak times. Yeah. So basically, somebody may have a job, live in Portland, got a job in Norfolk, a really good job, but they ain't got no car. I mean, so they take either public transportation or they do have a car, but, you know, they strap because they're just trying to make ends meet. So basically, they're just like, yo, we got you. So I thought it was kind of dope. I mean, I just wish it earned less than what I made because I would sign up for it. But, you know, it's one of those things where for those people who are barely making it, you know, it gives them a little relief. And since 2017, more than $1.3 million dollars and toll release have been distributed to qualified Norfolk and Portland residents. Oh, so that's this has been going on for a minute then. Yeah. For, for once, 757 does something dope right here. Okay. Well, I didn't really realize that. I do feel the pain um, of tolls, not as much as everyone else, because at, you know, at the date of this recording, the uh, bridge tunnels are not being tolled. Yes. So it's yet. just new bridges like like I get it when we go to church in the morning and, and to your point off peak hours. Mm-hmm. It's like when we get to church because I volunteer sometimes and we just like going to the early service or whatever so we can get out early. It's like five in the morning where we get to Chesapeake and they got that new memorial bridge over there. And you're right. It's a dollar and, ch- and it just went up like a couple, three months ago. Yeah, they got to pay for that bridge, man. Dude, no. That's what they said about the interstate. Interstate been paid off 50 million years. They still got tolls up there. Remember that? I know you've been living in the area, but do you remember those tolls on 264? Yeah, but they doing work. Dude. See, there you go sounding like the man. We ain't even talking to you right now. Really? It's like that? It's just like that because they paid 44. Well, it used to be called 44. Now it's 264. Mm -hmm. Going east and west to and from uh, Virginia Beach. Well, they did that because Virginia Beach needed money. But see, that's a you problem. That is not my problem. That and toll was put there to pay for that section of the interstate. And it's, it is also for tourists. They're trying to get that money. <clears throat> I mean, I, I ain't pre- saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying it's what it is. I understand that. But see, you know, they trying to get paid. 
you can't tell me any different because those bridges will be have been paid off and those those tolls will still be there and not only be there, but continue to rise. And and I feel bad talking about our little tolls because you and I both have family in Northern Virginia. And oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's dumb. Are you man? I'm like, how do y'all go anywhere? It's like you got to put. Wow. It's four dollars for twenty feet, yeah. It, that's all I was I'll trying to say. Traffic. I'll stay in traffic. Thank you. Uh, and, now again, it's just like it is convenient. I won't say it won't. It's not convenient, but I promise you. I think I spent. We were coming back from an Orioles game, and I took the express route as soon as I could. I think I might have still been in Maryland. Oh, that's like twenty bucks. Exactly, because I was because it tells you when the signs. It tells you how much you're being charged. And so I was like, for what? But it was so convenient. I just let it go. But I promise you that little $80 I had, I mean, no, it was like $60 I had on my easy pass. Oh man. I was like, so when I see the prices, a little of me is numb to it because I know how much it could cost. But at the same time, the principle of it is kind of jacked up. But what you're saying that, that uh, North and Portsmouth are doing, that is dope because Every, and I mean, we don't really think about it because we have decent jobs, but it's like everybody can't afford that kind of money all the time. And you're doing it like every day. Well, you know, I read this article before. OK, but I, you know, sometimes reading is fundamental. I need to start reading it twice because I was being re- I said some nice things. But I think I'm gonna take it all back. Oh, what did you read? Once you take eight or more trips in a month with your designated transponder. Okay. A, a seventy-five cent refund will be credited to your Easy Pass account. Okay, what's wrong yeah, with that? So hold on. Okay. You gotta go through eight times. Okay. Which is like a dollar or something a piece, mm-hmm. and they only give you seventy-five cent back. So that the refund that you were talking about is only seventy-five cents. Is that what you're saying to me? Yeah, that's whack. Boo, Norfolk and Portsmouth. <laughs> so wait a minute. Eight. So, okay. We're just going to do the off peak hour. So if you go through eight times, so you, you, you came and went four times. So the total is $2 and some change per trip. So that makes it $8, right? Mm-hmm. So out of that $8, they'll give you a 10% kick, uh, of less than 10% kickback. Yes. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, that was one of those things like, I'm going to do this as a PR, but I don't really want to give me any money back, which goes back to my point, which you were trying to boo me. It's like, they trying to get paid. They ain't trying to pay nothing off. I mean, they will pay it off, but at the same time, they trying to get paid. They're going to be there. They're going to rise no matter what is already paid for. End of story. So now your feel good has turned into I'm pissed off again. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm glad I don't live in Norfolk and Portsmouth. I'm glad I don't have to take these tons all the time. I got me a I got me a PA transponder. I hate it. I feel like they're tracking me. Well, they probably are. Boy, feels like somebody's watching me. You know, I wasn't too bad, Maxwell. Thank you. Well, can I get you a jerker away for Christmas? Definitely not. Why not? Come on, man. Okay. Come on, man. Look, man. I don't do Jerry Carroll. All I do is so glue. He really did go there, y'all. 
Oh, you gonna see the new movie though? Is it is it gonna be good? <sighs> <laughs> Why you gotta say it like that, man? Come on, is it, man. I heard it's gonna be dope. Uh, okay. I don't know. You don't know yet. You feeling some type of way? I don't know. Uh, I mean, Eddie Murphy. It, I still have something to do with it, so it's possible. I just don't. I'm holding judgment. However, I did see Bad Boys um, for life. Is it good? It looks good. It's awesome. Okay, because I love the first two. The old stuff too. They they stay with they stay with the same characters basically. Yeah. They added some new ones, and they brought back you know the shocker happened in like the first five minutes. It was awesome. What was the shock? Well, don't say nothing. I can't say nothing. But one question I do have that's not a spoiler alert because they have it in the trailer. Looks like their daughter, uh, Martin Lawrence, and um, yeah, they had a baby. The same kid that they Jay just razzed to death in the first was it the first one or the second one when he came to the door? Yeah, was that the dad? I can't speak on that. What? Okay. Well, anyway, if it's a spoiler alert, just leave it alone. But I thought that was him. And anyway, I thought that was kind of cute. I didn't but, see that trailer. Yeah, I saw it. I mean, they're all because they're all in the in the hospital bed, and she was in the bed. And this and is me presuming a lot of things. I don't know if that was actually his daughter, but you know, it made sense to me. And they showed it. They showed the daddy. That's why I said, "Was that him?" Because it looked like him. He was stand. If you're looking, if you're oh, walking I didn't know in, they showed him. Huh? Yeah, it was ready. It was ready. It was. Yeah, man, it's wow. funny. Wow. See, I haven't seen that trailer with with that in it because I didn't see the trails I saw. He wasn't in the trailer, so I must have been like the third or fourth one. Yeah. I didn't see but yeah, yeah, Reggie's in there, man. It's okay. like, it's it's funny, yo. It's so funny. Okay. So funny. Well, see, actually, you bring up a good point because um, that's a Tyler Perry Studios production. I don't, I, I don't know. He's the, he's not, um, he didn't distribute or anything like that, but they did shoot it at his new studio. And the one I, thing I have to say about Mr. Perry is, before I even get into what I got to say, number one, I appreciate what that brother did or has doing, is doing. I do, because you can't start from a play that failed, actually, and then keep grinding and come to, you know, you're worth like a half a billion or more dollars. Ain't nobody mad at you. Now, having said that, the products that he's putting out now are terrible, and I'm disappointed that he's letting it get out at all. I watched, no, Abu Love and I watched... um, a movie called Fall from Grace. And if you're familiar with Superman, Jimmy Olsen was in it. Mashad, Mashad Brooks, I think his name is. Um, Crystal Fox from The Haves and the Have-Nots was in it. We all know um, Claire Huxtable, Felicia Rashad was in it. Um, and some other people that I might have seen before. Actually, if you've seen um, Tatiana's Ali's show back in the day, um, the woman that played I'm Unique is in this, and she does a really good job. Um, but the production was awful. It looked like, based on who he's become, it looked high school. The guy that I mentioned earlier in this podcast, as when I was talking about being a distraction um, and having an extra, a dude just looking straight into the camera 
as being distracting and you're not paying attention to the scene. You're not in the moment because an extra is looking dead in the camera and you let that go to print. That's a problem. Now, the haves and have nots, if you don't know, is a soap opera, mostly black cast, which that makes sense. And we all know soap operas are just over the top, right? So we all know what it is. But to put out a bad one that I can't stop watching on top of it is the most irritating thing ever. <laughs> and I think that he can do better and he's not. And it's disappointing. I mean, because see, so I referenced this to all my children. I went purposely to watch it and, I, and whatever it probably was all my children. I think that's canceled. But anyway, it was a soap opera that is familiar that has been on for years. I went to look at it and just to sample it to get a reference to make sure that I wasn't crazy. This guy is making people that clearly can act because they've done other stuff look like they can't act. I had to put that out there. Now, Tyler Perry don't know I exist. It's fine. But eventually, as a consumer, enough of us are going to feel that way and you're going to feel it in your pocket and you got to get this thing corrected before it gets out of hand. That's my two cents. Wow. All right. Just I mean, sounds like new baby boy to me. No, it's worse. Wow. Because I don't think Baby Boy was bad acting. I don't think Baby Boy was done in a way in which the production was bad. You're right. The acting wasn't bad. The the script was horrible. Whatever. You can say the script is horrible, but those people performed well, and the production company looked like they produced something. And uh, What he's putting out is subpar. And the idea that Boo got made is amazing, but the idea that he made another one is completely ridiculous. The second one being worse than the first one. One of the few horrible things my Boo love has done to me. (laughs) But I had to sit and watch that, and she... And here's the thing. This is what I don't want for him to get ruined, is his reputation. Because she sat there in a movie that she knew was horrible. And because it was Tyler Perry, she completely put up with that foolishness. Completely. I mean, to the point to where she wouldn't even let me ter- say it was terrible. I was like, this movie is... Oh, shh. That's her thing. When she <laughs> when she doesn't want to face reality, this is what she does. Shh. Right. Dear heart, you're really tired. You really need to go, shh. Okay. Tyler Perry, I mean, this movie is horrible. What do we do? Shh. So that's what she did. She shushed me because she knew I was right. I don't want that guy's reputation, which is stellar, to be anything less than what it is. But if he keeps putting out bad material, he's not going to be able to come back from it. Or it's going to be extremely difficult. I don't know where he's gone, but he needs to go find himself. Because I saw a diary of a mad black woman. Awesome. What he's doing now, I don't know who that guy is. I don't know. I'm telling you, as an old man extra, they have a scene in the diner. As an old man extra, this, you know, his job is to sit there and eat with whoever he was with. Instead of eating, he is looking right into the camera. <laughs> it's not no dolomite, is it? 
dude, Dolomite, that's a whole different story. He's making something that's actually good, black exploitation level. There's a difference. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. I said I ain't scared either. Mm. It's it's awful, man. Fall from Grace is awful. And the reason why it's so awful is because it's actually a good plot. And once you get rid of all the distractions that he's created, you really do get sucked in. No. It, it, just Well, no. I'll say this. I'll give him a pass if this is the only garbage he comes out with. What I'm telling you is this is not isolated. The other thing I'm telling you that I ha- that I want to tell you now that I hadn't mentioned before is I really do think he's spread too thin. Because everything that I watch of his on the regular, movies included, written and directed by Tyler Perry. Written and directed by Tyler Perry. Do you realize there's only 24 hours in a day? Yeah, so you're saying basically what he should do, at least for a little while, not necessarily forever, but maybe even forever, he should probably let his studio make him money. You know, let people use the studio make him money and just sit back and just chill out for a little bit. No, I would just like him to do a project at a time really well. Because, see, I saw him in Alex Cross. I thought it was awesome, Alex. Exactly my point. Exactly my point. He is capable of doing that on his own. And he has done that on his own. And now he should be he should be even more capable of doing it, but he chooses not to. Are you serious right now? No, I won't accept that from him. I mean, I have to. But I, I'm not going to accept that as his best work. No, because I know that dude can act. I know that dude can write. I know he can do all the things that made him who he is. And see, that's the thing made him who he is. And now you mean to tell me I got to put up with this foolishness? Uh. Wrong answer. And it ain't nobody's fault but yours because your name is all over everything. You distribute, well, actually, you don't distribute yet, I don't think. But you can take this from a nap, an idea on a napkin to a movie ticket. And it's not good. It's just not. Your soap opera is very popular, but it's the worst soap opera on TV. Just this. Your movies, they're they are they're alongside every other box office thing. Now I mean they're the best ones. Your Netflix stuff, same thing. Stuff that didn't have to happen, man. Didn't have to happen. Why I got married? Awesome. The second one, awesome. Where'd that guy go? Come on, man. I mean, I can talk about this all day. I, I see that. But it's over with for me. I said what I had to say. It's on print. It's, you know, it is what it is. But I had to say it. I've been wanting to say it all week. I mean, I can be honest with you. I don't watch any Tyler Perry stuff, so I have no idea. I mean, I've watched a couple of the movies and stuff like that. Like Boo or Mordia Halloween is the worst piece of garbage I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, that. yeah, that, that, that S was terrible. And I'm glad that was, that was her, his last one with Medea because God knows if he does another one I might shoot somebody 
with the water. Well, you, well, hopefully it's with water, but you might have to shoot him with water because didn't he say he retired Medea before? And then all of a sudden she's in boo. Just saying. Man, I thought he retired after that, but mm. if, if, if Medea is not retired, Medea needs to be retired. She needed to be retired like five years ago. I mean, you know, I'm not going to get started on how much I'm not a fan of Medea. <laughs> I understood. Because, because real talk, I mean, I already don't like Moomoo's. And then you putting a grown six foot five man in a, in a Moomoo with a fat suit. Yeah, I can't really get down with you. Yeah, I understand. Understood. I mean, I thought the movies back in the day, they had a message. Yeah. And I was cool with that. Yep. But when Dean went to jail, I was kind of done. Yeah. Because I mean, nobody's going to put old A. Medea, Medea in jail. That's not going to happen. And then she's not going to run to jail. That's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't even see the movie and I already know what happens. So it's like, now, nah. I mean, do your guest spots. Like, I just remember the other day I was watching Star Trek Beyond. He was in that. And I was like, what? How did I miss that? How did I forget that? Like, dude, just stop, you know, let your, let your five million acre land process make that money for you. And, you know, if you're going to do a movie, take your time with it. I get it. You want to do these TV shows for BET? First of all, BET is a different conversation for another day because (laughs) after they got rid of BET Uncut, I was done with them. (laughs) And so, whatever. You know, I'll give them credit. They installed the right chick to make everybody hate BET. And that's what she did. She made everybody hate BET because BET Uncut was awesome. And yeah, I'm unhappy. And I know a lot of people unhappy. Understood. But I think we had this conversation a week or two ago. We did. We talked. Um, I think I, think I wouldn't mow on a conversation with this. I believe so. Yeah. Because it was awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. It, yeah. Well, yeah. Because and then, yeah, they fired that lady. It was a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Credit card. So I got to say. But, um, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, I understand you have artistic stuff and you can't control it. Yeah, I get it. But how about you let your 500 million acre land make you some money? And then take your time with a product that you really, truly want to do. Like, Sisters, I haven't even watched that show. The other thing, I don't even know what name of it is. I haven't watched it. The haves and the have-nots, he did that too. At least that's kind of interesting. At least the plot on that was interesting. That wasn't horrible, you know? Man. I I, I watched the first season, and I watched part of the second season. I thought it was um, very um, predictable. But he has some good actors in there. So I was fine with that. You know, it's nice to see the Black Ghostbuster making some things happen. So I was fine <laughs> with that, you know. <laughs> but, uh, man, but my problem is I don't know how you could say that those people performed well when the the whole production made them look bad. Well, here's the thing. You know, real actors, because they had some real actors in there. Yes, they let's, did. Let's just be real. They had some real actors in there. They're gonna be as they're gonna be better or as good as the script allows. They're better than that script that they're given in that show. You know, it, it's okay. I, I don't 
I don't look back at that with disdain. And I, once again, I haven't watched Sisters and I haven't watched The Oval Office. But from the commercials, it looks like garbage. Like, there's a reason why I haven't watched it because it looks like garbage. Um, you know, so I'm just like, meh. I mean, really, that's where I'm at right now. I'm with the meh well, on it. Because I don't, I don't think it's good. And I'm fine for thinking that it's not good. I just think that, you know, you know, sometimes you just got too much money, man. You don't know what to do with it. Mm, no, that's not his problem because he didn't always have money. And he's got well, too much drive for I, it to be about money. I'm telling I, you, I, man. But I think that the problem, I think you're right. The spread thin is possible. But also the thing about it is you're right. You're partially right. Money does have something to do with it because it allows you to create things that you necessarily would not have created. Let's be real. I mean, if he didn't have the budget to create all this stuff, he wouldn't do it. Now, with that being said, I think he has too much budget to create all this stuff. But also, with that being said, BET has invested a lot of money into him. And that might be his downfall. BET has drug a lot of people into the dirt. And I'm hoping he's not the next one. I understand that we are trying to do something for, you know, that BET is trying to uplift the African-American community. Mm -hmm. But you can't lift up the African-American community if you're putting out garbage on TV. I mean, it just doesn't work. But I I dare say this. One of his shows, If Loving You Is Wrong, which I tried to stomach, um, is is on Oprah's network. And and I'm here to tell you that all of all the shows that I watch on there, that's the worst one, because Queen Sugar and um, oh, what's the name of that show? I can't think of the show. It's a, it's a show about the the uh, church family, a uh, Greenleaf, Greenleaf and Queen Sugar. Oh my goodness! Well, uh, so, so so all of a sudden you put you uh, Tyler Tyler Perry have another soap opera esque type type show and it's bad, really. Well, but and I and I think that's where you come in. You said that, you know, he might be spread too thin. He's spread too thin because he can be. Got to pay. I mean, you can do what you want to do. I mean, you the man, and I got to respect you. I have to because of everything you've done. But you can keep playing if you want to because the stuff you're putting out is not good, and apparently you don't have anybody that you trust telling you it ain't. Well, well, and the thing about it, it's on cable TV. Nobody cares. Actually, somebody does care. Because if you think I'm the only one that's saying this, wrong answer. My mother-in-law tell you. But here's the thing, though, man. It's like, who cares about ratings on BET? Somebody does. They, they just care about content. Because if they care about ratings on BET, it wouldn't be BET anymore. It'd be closed. Well, all I'm saying is, it's because they just, don't represent me. But it's not just period. Oprah. It's not just. I'm sorry. It's not just BET, man. It's Oprah too. Oprah, man. She I'm telling care. you, if Tyler she Perry is spreading, huh? She don't care about that because if she cared about that, I mean, once again, it's not like her, her network is doing awesome. Well, at least I her mean, content's good. I mean, it's great. You can have awesome content, but nobody's watching it. Understood. All I'm saying is we getting off the subject. Tyler Perry is not doing, he's not producing good stuff right now. And I know he can do better, do better, period. I, I'm, I'm done talking about it. Do better. All right. I'm good with that. 
I hope so, because that dude needs to do better. I mean, <laughs> you know, he ain't no Morris Chestnut. <laughs> no, I don't even I don't even take the time to feel that much about him at all. But I do know I watch enough of his stuff to be like, dude, for real. So that's kind of what level that is. No, this is not Morris Chestnut by a long shot. So, so what about this Twitter Twitter her, gangster you talking about? So, we're gonna talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. I hate Twitter gangsters. I hate text message gangsters. Well, wait a minute, back Twitter up, gangsters. Define hate, it. Define what Twitter gangsters and text message gangsters and monsters are all about. All right, define so that for me. It's Twitter gangsters, Instagram gangsters. Okay. It's social media gangsters and email gangsters. Okay. If you're going to say something to somebody over 160 characters that you won't say to their face, you are social media gangster because you ain't willing to say, yo, you suck and I'm better you or whatever you want to say to somebody's face. And a lot of people have this thing that, you know, well, we have free speech, blah, blah, blah. Say it to their face. Well, I didn't exactly mean that, you know. Well, no, you did because you freaking wrote it. And this is not something that I've just discovered like the last six months. This is this is in my heart for years. Like, I hate on a lot of things. Don't get it twisted. And I hate on a lot of people. But, man, the worst type of person is someone who's willing to say something on a keyboard that they won't say is somebody's face and nothing more prevalent happened, happened until this week with Jamila Jamil, who is a star of the good place. Oh, that, yeah. The tall, pretty lady. Yeah. We, I love, we love that show. She's also the star of um, a couple other TV shows and, and whatnot. So last week, you know, she got um, not mentioned, but they they're having a show called Legendary on HBO Max. Okay. Now, to be real, I don't know a lot about ballroom culture. Um, I'm reading about it. However, I'm not I'm not well versed in it, so I'm not even gonna like go into it. I'm gonna ask people to look it up themselves. And and you're saying ballroom like ballroom dancing culture. It's called Ballroom. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, well, it's not all I know, but... So, like, basically, it's uh, a game popularity in the 80s. It's an underground ballroom scene, and I'm just reading this. And within the culture, queer, black, and brown people, as well as trans folks, found a place to call their own. Groups of people known as houses competed and oftentimes lived together. House mothers typically acted as leaders of house... And groups will often compete in voguing and look and quote unquote look competitions. So that TV show on FX called Pose. I have heard of it. That is, from what I understand, similar to, if not ballroom culture. I have not watched the show. I mean, I watched like five minutes of it, but I didn't understand what was going on. So I'm not versed in this at all. So HBO put out a press release saying that Jamila Jamil was the MC and one of the judges of this show, Legendary. Okay. And immediately, immediately, well, also some of the judges are Megan the Stallion, Law Roach, and 
Maldonado, El Maldonado. I can't say his name, and okay. I'm not trying to disrespect nobody. Deshaun Wesley will be the commentator, and DJ Mike Q will be the DJ. So you're dealing with, you know, the show um, has an L. Mm, I'm trying to really be politically correct. LGBTQ plus. LGBTQ plus community. Mm-hmm. So immediately once it came out, the hate started. Hate Pretty on much what? Was like, why is she a judge or whatever? And then um, Trace Lissette, who's a trans actress and house mother, she ended up being a house mother, um, said she had auditioned for the same role as Jamil and didn't get it. You know? Oh, you mean then, hate within the community? Like, this yeah. chick is like brand well, new and I can't get none. Well, no, no. No? Hate, hate well, let me explain. Okay. So, hate within the show because she's like, well, why does she get it? You know, I should be getting it, yada, yada, yada. And basically, it just goes back and forth. And then Jamil's like, I think we'll audition for different roles, whatever. Jamil, you know, she really just tried to drop it down. So, you know, basically, um, HBO released a statement clarifying that, you know, Jamila heads up the panel of judges. Right. And then, you know, one of the post stars, trans actress India Moore, noted in a treat that she spoke to Jamil and clarified the situation. So basically, and I and I hope I'm getting this right. This is what I understand. Basically, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community were just like, why is a straight woman involved in this? Even though Megan Thee Stallion identifies as heterosexual, but I guess she's in the 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 ballroom dance, the not ballroom dance, the ballroom community. You know, they were just like, why is why is Jamil have anything to do with this? You know, basically, it was a different article I read. Basically, it's like there's another situation where a straight woman takes something away from a trans woman and all this other stuff and blah 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 blah. You know, so I'm reading this and I'm getting kind of pissed because the one thing I hate the most is people saying, I mean, they were saying some rude stuff and they were just like about her personally, about her, about her and why her involvement and just hating like, who is she and blah, blah, blah. And then she tried to basically be like, look, my goal hopefully is to use my star power to raise ballroom, you know? Which because, is why they have a show to begin with, right? Well, because people know who I am, maybe they'll watch the show, right? That's what you know, right? Which, which is probably one of the reasons, one of the reasons why they picked her, you know. But here it is, you know. Basically, you know, in a long post after all this stuff is going on, Jamila's trying to be very, very. Um, nice and whatever. Hey, you know, just going back, just trying to calm the situation down. And here it is. Pretty much everybody's like bashing her for being heterosexual. We talked about this um, the last time we did a show. And I think I might have said something about it today or alluded to it a little bit. But I keep telling people, don't let your soapbox be so sudsy that you become what you hate. Yep. And then on top of all this, 
because of all this craziness, this is how Jamila Jamil comes out. She's like, I'm queer. So basically, they forced her, like literally, she's been queer for her, however long she's been queer. Right. And she identifies as queer, but she's like, look, you know, I don't talk about that because, you know, I'm already a brown woman. Yeah. So if I came out, eventually, hey, I'm a brown woman, I'm queer. She might not be on the good place. She might not be doing all this other stuff. She might not be at the status where she is. So because all these, these people bashed her for not being LGBTQ. They outed her. They outed her. She had to out herself. And this and is, I do not know a lot about that. That's not my thing. It's just not, you know. Um, but from what I understand, coming out is a difficult situation for some people. It's a thing. It's a big deal. Yeah. And so you bullied this woman to the point where, hey, I deserve a spot, one, because I'm good at what I do. Oh, yeah, just to let you know, I'm also queer. So basically, they bashed someone, one of them. Yep. Into coming out. Yep. And then she quit Twitter. But this, <clears throat> this is, for me, this doesn't, uh, for me, this doesn't just stop here. Well, first of all, they kept going. And then it's like, well, you're dating a dude. What? Last time I checked, you know, that's, I mean, so what? You know? Uh, so I was going to say, I mean, as many people on the QT, yeah. or actually the D, the DL. Well, she ain't on DL no more. No, she's not. She's like 27 year old. She's had a pretty decent career from what I could tell. And now she was forced to out herself to shut people up. And then they still kept coming for it. Absolutely. Because now it's, see, now it's turning into something else because now you have embarrassed me in my own game. So now I'm really pissed off. Yeah. And then on top of that, it says it should be noted that Megan Thee Stallion has not faced the same level of online backlash as Jamil. So now we're picking and choosing. Yep. Absolutely. Who bashing. Absolutely. And see, first of all, this is really sad because, you know, basically now it comes out you're bullying and bashing someone like you. Yep. You know, just because you didn't know, that doesn't give you the right to be a Twitter gangster and say all this mean stuff. But actually, with you know, just by its nature, it kind of does. Because yeah. you can say stuff about people and you don't have to pay a penance. Yeah. And see, and I feel like that, um, you know, there's no punishment. They feel like there's no punishment. And I can say what I want. Yep. On my on my phone. Yep. You know? So, but this this is a this is like one of the main problems that came out this week. And it, like literally, I'm reading this, I'm I'm very incensed because as people there are a lot of text social media gangsters out here. And it doesn't, I mean, there are so many times where people just just bash on each other. 
black on black, white on white, you know, black on white, white on black, whatever. Mm -hmm. And male gets male, female gets female, female gets male. I mean, and there's no penance. So like for one of the, one of the things that I've seen J.S. Alibaba strikes back. Okay. They, They learned of the internet on that show. And then basically they made a movie, a movie was made about their life. They made money and they pretty much got a printout of all the crap that people were talking about them, flew everywhere to these little kids and beat the crap out of them and left. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was happening at the end of the movie. Yeah, now I got to see that. Now I yeah. have to see it. Oh, man. Because I've seen I, everything he's done to that point. I never saw that one. Oh, yeah. I think I own it. It's, it's hilarious. So um, it's the last one out before the one that just came out last year. Okay. That went straight to DVD. Um, but yeah, it's just like, we're always putting each other down on always. social media yeah. instead of lifting each other up. Now, if you just said that, hey, I think I deserve to do that because my resume is better and you just hating, then you just hate. It's okay. But how dare you question anyone's person? I mean, you lost. You know, there's winners and there's losers. You lost. Let it go. It doesn't work that easily because don't nobody want to lose, man. I mean, I mean it, you're asking a lot. You're asking a I, lot of a flawed, flawed person. But you know what I'm asking? My asking it. I'm, what I'm asking the most is, at least if you're gonna, if you're gonna type them fingers, back up what you said. Because what if she rolls to you one day and be like, "I heard you talking that junk," and she ready to get down? Yeah. Throw hands. You better be ready to get down. Well, they're not usually. They're we, not. I mean, we talk about this seemingly every time in some way. We talk about this, man. People that say stuff like that are not prepared for what could come. You talk, you talking to some dude or whatever that's like got you about 150 pounds and then you get slapped and then your feelings hurt. But what did you say to him? It's the same thing. I mean, he going to jail, but that's not the real problem. Yeah. Same thing in what you talk about. It's like what if she was ready to go find this chick and throw hands? And now she got an assault charge behind some stuff that don't matter. Well, see, I and then you that. mad because you got your behind beat. Then you all, you should never hit nobody. No, you earn that. But if she had an assault charge, that means you're even a bigger punk. And because that's what I'm glad you said punk because I wanted you to change the name from, because a gangster will handle his or her business. That's a real gangster. Yeah. You shouldn't apply gangster to this. But a lot of people think they're gangsters. Well, want to be is better then. I mean, yeah, but, you know, that's just the handle I got. I need to, I really need to trademark it, but I think it's probably too late. But it's one of those things, man, stuff like this incenses me, man, because, like, honestly, I don't watch A Good Place. I know Jamila Jamil from um, the show on um, TBS, The Misery Index. I don't really watch that. But it's just a fact that it sucks that she had to deal with a whole bunch of hate. Exactly. And here's the thing about it. The thing that kills me the most, these same people, if they got hated on, they got hated on. Cry the river. And it's just like, really, dude? You know, or whatever. It's just like, you can't, you can't hate and expect 
not to get hate back. And I give her credit. She handled this like a baller. She did. And then she quit Twitter. She did. Like, she's got a statement about it and everything, like a nice statement. And I mean, and furthermore, it is not anybody's business in the industry, whether she is heterosexual, homosexual, queer, whatever. It, it really isn't, you know? And by the fact that you are judging her by what you think she is or she is not, is almost more annoying. Truth. And that pisses me off even more. Once again, I don't know this chick. I, she's all right on the misery index. Whatever. I don't have, I don't watch the good place. I didn't even know she was on good places until I read this. Like, I have no idea. Yeah, that's so, the first time I've ever seen her. Yeah. The thing about it is, it's like, because of some douchebags out here, she had to say, she had to do, she had to make a move that's really important to her in, in a way she probably didn't want to make it. And the irony in all of this is someone in her tribe yeah. got all this started and had all no right. respect for her then and after the fact. No one said, baby, I'm sorry, I didn't know. You're one of us and we did you wrong. No one said that. All behind something that could help your community, which is the only reason she got the role over this other person. But anyway, all the thing, uh, we, we talk about this all the time, depending on the subject matter, it always comes back to this. The human condition, man, it's unstoppable and it's not going to change. In fact, it's getting worse as far as I'm concerned. This is not designed to get better. Social yeah. media did not help us at all. It, it, it helped us be exactly what you're saying we are. And, you know, it's just like there's so many, you know, we're dealing with adults, man. These are freaking adults. Doesn't matter. The and, human well, condition. No. Well, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that. These are adults, but we have children who get punished. And this happens to kids, man, on a daily basis. Yep. And, you know, what is that commercial? I learned it from you. I mean, yeah. When we when adults are doing this, what do you expect kids to follow? And it's so annoying and unnerving that this happened to someone and it happens probably every day and people get outed and all this other stuff. And it's just like, you know, if everybody just minded their own business, life would be so easy. But as you said, that's not the way it works. Nope. And it's just, I just think that for me, I think social media needs, I think it's time for, for social media start checking social media. I mean, look, if you put something wrong on Twitter, you're banned. Cancel Christmas. You know? I mean, if you if you put because you put a picture on Instagram that's questionable, they suspend you or they ban you. Right. Sometimes people start getting banned and suspended for their words. And I mean, because if that ha- and then what are you do free speech? Nah. This is my platform that I allow you to use. I do what I want. True. And if you're going to bully and talk crap about people, then I don't want you on my platform. Go back to black Twitter when well, nobody looks at it. Well, I'll tell you this. That sounds good, but 
No, uh, I mean it's not gonna happen. No, because in the really in the sad reason why it's not gonna happen is because Twitter and and Instagram all need to make money. And once you start doing that, there won't be anybody on it. Yeah, and that's fine. And then I mean, drama sells because don't think that people weren't an audience to this. Oh, that thread just people. giggling, going, "Oh, girl, you man, you it." Yeah, and I hope they all feel bad, they but don't. they're not because they're question. They're even saying that it's inauthentic, and I'm just like, "Wow, now the woman can't even speak her, can't even like do her." Now you think she's faking? Yep. And I'm just like, I mean, there's no, there's no winning for with you. I well, mean, guess what? Either watch the show, or you don't. It doesn't really matter. I mean, because if you're gonna be like that. Well, I don't want you watching the show anyway. You know, am I going to watch it? I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Like, I never watched Pose. I mean, I've never. I heard it was a good show. Not my thing, you know, and that's okay. I mean, but I think this is going to help this show. Because those people who feel um, like she feels right now are going to support her. And they're going to support her by watching this show. So I think it'll help. I just think that, unfortunately, it's going to help some people who don't deserve to be helped. It will. I, You know, but everything that you... Do about that. I'm sorry, go ahead and say that again. I think there's nothing we can do about that. It's, I just hate people who... I just wish, like... I wish every tweet came with an address. That would be... That'd be harsh. Nobody will use it. Nobody will use it. No. Because, see, now you get into that, well, <laughs> I can invade your privacy, but you can't invade mine. <laughs> yeah. Or like, hey, oh, what, you live here? Word, I'm coming to your house. Well, I'm just saying, man. It, it, Maybe you wouldn't say bad crap. They, just, no. No one would. But, see, it's no. It's not going to happen. I know. I can only dream and hope. It's a great dream to have because it's like if everybody had the nerve to say, I have a dream. Exactly. I had a dream. I just had a dream that people would love each other because if we love each other, certain things we wouldn't do, even though the human condition would compel us to do it, the love would thwart it. Because if you love your tribe and you know what you've been through, there's no way in the world that you would persecute someone conceptually and then not apologize when you persecute someone actually in the same way in which you were. And so I'm like, for real? And no apology. Nobody said, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know that you were, you know, you loved an alternative lifestyle and I'm I'm part of your tribe and I dogged you and I and I kind of outed you. I disrespected you in a way in which is awful, but I'm not apologizing for it. But that's who we are as people. I mean, you can fill in the blank with the issue, but yep. that's how we are as people. And when we don't love each other, truly, the golden rule matters, man. But when you all up in your little Twitter stuff and you mad, kind of doesn't matter. But it always matters. Yep. Be nice, people. That's all I'm asking. Just be, be nice. Exactly. Be kind for free. <laughs> I'm just saying, y'all. Clearly, it costs some people. Apparently, but it's really kind of, it does, it's priceless, but it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah, I'm trying to get that money in it. Because if they not, if they call, if they, if it costs them to be, to be nice, then I want to get paid because wow. I'm nice enough. Well, sorry, bro. It's a thankless job. Oh, yeah. Thankless mm. job. Well, that was a show, man. Yeah. 
we, we kill it again. We talk about some stuff. It was some got heated a little bit and laughed a little bit. It was, it was a good show. It was, it was a good it show. Was. You, you had some topics on there. I was like, what? But then when it blossomed, it blossomed. So it was really good. Hey, man, that's what I do. Exactly. I try, that's why I try you, to bring what people don't necessarily talk about in, in, in the public public and try to show it out for everybody. Because there's some good things and there's some bad things. And there's some funny things. But what is all said and done, I mean, everything has a reason to be talked about. And, you know, if you, that's not something you're aware of, you, sometimes you need to be aware. I'm not going to say you need to be woke because I think that's whatever. But, you know, you just need to be aware. And as long as we're aware, that's all I can ask. Truth. That is nonfiction. But next week, we got a guest. Yes, I want to promo this now. This is, if y'all listening to this, like I guess it'll get posted tomorrow. Um, our cuzzo, Sabrina Williams, will be on the show, and we are going to talk about keto because, see, Ruben is doing keto right now, doing very well. And so, yeah, but she, not, well, you're succeeding. I am, but it's it's rough, yo. I realize it is. I've done it before myself, but you're succeeding. So let's not talk about the downside. Let's talk about the upside because you're all about the downside. Okay, good things. <laughs> you're doing well. Very proud of you. I haven't but quit yet. That's all that matters. You keep showing up. Keep pressing play. But anyway, we have our cousin um, Sabrina Williams on next week. Uh, it's going to be a great show for people who are doing keto or, or kind of curious or whatever it is. I suggest you listen because she has got some things to say and she walks that walk and she's got pictures to back she it up. She lives this show. Yes, she sir. This. She got a business over this. Yes, sir. So, I mean, My next week we go to the professionals. That's right. <laughs> I say that again. The professional. <laughs> Sound like Jimmy Walk on Good Times. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can fix some of my craziness up. Yeah, she looked good. Not like man. I'm terrible, but you know, she won't be here in the studio but it'd be good to have her on air and maybe she could hook me up with a recipe or two yeah yeah she probably so won't I, even charge you the rest of y'all gonna get charged yeah ain't nobody I, trying I, to I, trying to do this for free and i'm sure my miss, cousin probably. charles will appreciate it yeah i'm excited for next week that's like our first real guest yeah i guess it is i guess it is yeah but it's gonna be awesome it will I'm be i'm excited you should be well, we got to let the people know where to go get us. We have to let people know all these things. So let's get through that. Well, first Parting of all, shots. what? First of all, what? Don't forget, you can hit me on Twitter, Nugman25, N O O G M A N 25. You can also hit me on the gram at the same thing because that's what I do because I'm the Nugman. And you need to update your stuff because I got on your Instagram feed. I was like, man. I take some pictures of some new stuff, man. Man, I don't take pictures of stuff. Pictures of my food and garbage. I get time for that. Well, you're on Instagram, but you ain't got time to take no pictures. I mean, I'll start taking some pictures, man. Jeez. Just do something. You know what? Anyway, we're going to let the people know. Just hold on. The five-minute warning can now be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Breaker, Google Podcast, and Radio Public. Share, like, subscribe. You can send any questions or comments to five 
minutewarning19 at gmail.com. All right, sir. Got any parting shots? My knee still hurt from basketball today. <laughs> Wait a minute. You had a pregnant pause and got the nerve to talk about your knees. That's your parting shot. Hey, man. You know. Hey, you just got to gotta work at it, people. Get that exercise on. You know, 2020 is supposed to be good, not just for me, but for everybody. You know, I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. You know, send, send a message if you want. Uh, make sure it's positive because, you know, I don't like if you're going to be a gangster behind the keyboard, you know, I don't like that. <laughs> but, you know, definitely, you know, any thoughts or, or whatever for the for, for me and AG, please let us know. Thank you for listening. Tell a friend, tell a dog who goes to the park by themselves, <laughs> tell somebody, because this is a family friendly show. And as you can tell, I don't cuss. I might say a letter, but I don't cuss on the show. After that, then it's, it's all bets are off. You know what? You're a special guy. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. But my parting shot, y'all, is just um, number one, like Ruben said, I appreciate you listening, whoever's listening. But simply put, um, be kind, y'all. Love each other. Uh, we're really not going to get out of this alive, but while we're here, love each other. It's not that hard. But the, the benefits and, and everything else that come afterwards are priceless. Just don't be grabbing people in places. You, you know, that was really. Hey, man, I'm just letting people know we can love each other, but we can't love. Oh, my goodness. Unless this... you're in a relationship or you just do what you do. But I hey. can't with you sometimes. But that was yeah, fun. Because you always do it. I I, I know. Really? I just, uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, y'all, that's the show. I appreciate you, Ruben. I appreciate this show. I love it. And everybody who's listening, thank you very much. Five-minute warning with Ruben and AG. Appreciate it. See you next week. We got a guest, y'all. We got a guest. We're doing and do this keto thing. Next uh, week, y'all. Peace. peace. You've been listening to the Five-Minute Warning with Ruben Brown. Search Five-Minute Warning on the Spotify app. Peace. <laughs>